You can kick your fancy ales, you can take them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the Green Dragon. Welcome to the Green Dragon Podcast. This is Jeremy along with Kylie. Hello, hello. And today we are covering a nice small army list called the Rangers in our Lord of the Rings Armies, Armies of Lord of the Rings book. This is an army list that has changed a huge amount from the last edition. It was a very, very popular list before, and it was one that basically people took because you could maximize bows and have lots and lots of uh, Rangers of Arnor in the list. And mm. now it's been cut right, right down, and it's definitely lost some popularity, hasn't it, Kylie? It has. I'm actually, I'm, I'll admit, I'm, I'm really kind of sad that the old list doesn't exist not so much for like the mass shooting that it can do but more the fact that it had kind of four distinct level of hero in that it had you know your aragorn then you had your, your captain profile then your you know your dunedain profile then your basic you know ranger of gondor profile so you had a lot more to work with in terms of army list construction and balance and it's it's a little disappointing now that you kind of stuck at the, the the two level of hero of basically yeah your halberd captain and your uh, your, your dunedain that's kind of really about it. Well, you've got a total of five unit entries, and two of them are, are pretty similar. So you don't get a lot of choice here, and it's an army that I, I must admit I, I looked at for a while and went, mm, I'm not that interested in that in terms of the options it provides, and my initial thought that oh, it's going to be hard to get it to work, it's not going to be that good, and there's been legendary legions that have essentially done the same job as this one, so you've got the, uh, uh, what's the legendary legions, Kylie? There's... So I believe it's called uh, not the Return of the King. It's the Great Company, Great Company Legendaries. Yeah, that's it. Mm, and it's got yeah, like, the, uh, the Great Company. Yeah. So you've got basically lots of Rangers of the North, and then Aragorn, Gimli, Legolas all together for the for the nice themed one. So so sometimes this list gets forgotten about. And I know that uh, a very very recently, if you follow our Green Dragon Facebook page, posted a picture of a little five hundred point army I put together with this list and and played some games. And we'll probably mention that a couple times throughout the episode. But I feel like Kylie, now we've got enough experience with this army list. To, to have a chat about it because we don't like to talk about things without our, our going through without lots of experience. Yes, absolutely, a hundred percent. So let's dive straight into uh, our know thine enemy. Know thine enemy. The Rangers. The Rangers of the North are the descendants of the forgotten kingdom of Arnor. Although their land is naught but the ruins of cities long since fallen, among its people the bloodline of Numenor still endures, hidden in the wilds of Eriador in the form of the chieftains of the Dúnedain. Travelling in small numbers, these Rangers will often protect those settlements that are ill-equipped to do so for themselves. It is through these selfless acts that the Rangers of the North have made many allies and friends throughout Middle-earth. The rangers that defend the northern lands are all skilled with a bow, capable of hitting a mark from concealment, and can move swiftly and quietly through the woods and forests that they have spent their lives living in. It is these skills that make them so deadly to any intruders that foolishly trespass upon their territory. Many a raiding orc warband has disappeared from existence without so much of a cry for help as they have been picked off one by one. Across the years since the fall of Arnor, there have been many chieftains of the Dunedain, each ensuring that the blood of Numenor is passed on to the next generation. In more recent years, Arathorn's led the Rangers of the North and proved himself to be a leader worthy of the blood that ran through his veins. 
However, shortly after becoming a father, Arathorn was tragically slain by an orc raiding party. Years later, following his fostering by the elves of Rivendell, it was Arathorn's own son, Aragorn, that took up the mantle of the chieftain of the Dúnedain, embarking on a quest that would see him claim his true heritage as heir to the throne of Gondor. Rangers, five profiles. So this should only take us about three hours. What do you think? <laughs> well, maybe a bit of an over-exaggeration there, Jeremy, but I'm, I'm looking at it roughly, you know, an hour and a half, two-hour mark, yeah, for these ones. <laughs> no, no, it's not going to be that long. Surely, surely not, surely not. So, Kylie, let's start. Can you start with Aragorn, Strider? Big, bad Aragorn. The, 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 the who's who of... of... Middle-earth are probably one of the most iconic characters out of the books. And one of my favourite characters, personally. So, we have Aragorn in his Strider profile. He comes in at 160 points. And you get a fair bit for what you're paying for. He has the Man, Infantry, and Hero keyword. And he is a Hero of Valor, whilst a part of the Rangers list. He has a movement of 6 inches, Fight Value 6 with a Shoot Value of 3+, plus, and Strength 4 and Defense 5. He has three attacks and three wounds with a courage of six, and boasts three might, three will, and three fate for his rogue stats. For Wargi, he has just a trusty sword, but where his true shine comes is in his heroic actions, options, and special rules. So for heroic actions, he basically has the kitchen sink. He has heroic resolve, heroic march, heroic accuracy, heroic strike, Heroic Strength, Heroic Defense, and Heroic Challenge. The only one he's missing out there is Heroic Channeling, so pity he's not a wizard. For options, he has Arnduil, Flame of the West for 40 points, which I'll get into in a bit. Uh, a Horse for 10 points, Armor for 5 points, a Bow for 5 points, and an Elven Cloak for 5 points. So, a really good uh, set of options there for Aragorn. So, Arnduil, Flame of the West, is his really, really special sword, also known uh, as the Pointy Sword of Doom, as I commonly uh, refer to it. Arnduil is an Elven-made hand-and-a-half sword. Additionally, when making strikes with Arndal, Aragorn never r- requires more than a 4 plus for his to wound rolls. Note that if Aragorn ever elects to use Arndal as a two-handed weapon, he will still get the plus one to w- bonus to wound, meaning he will essentially wound on a 3 plus. So on top of that amazing sword, Aragorn also has the Horse Lord special rule, allowing him to use his fate points to protect wounds inflicted on his horse, and the Mighty Hero special rule, which of course, his signature rule, which allows him to spend one might point per turn without reducing his own store, even if he has no might at the start of the turn. He's got all the rules you could possibly want. If you go bargain basement, you're paying 160 points. Now, I find it very rare that people just go for bargain basements because he's got quite a few bits of the war gear. So the the Anduil for 40 points is a really good purchase now. When it was 75, it was Mm. was, uh, not so much. But for 40 points, you probably find a way to fit it in because this guy does something that the rest of the list really does have trouble with, and that's taking on that defense 7+. That's the one that they, they don't find reliable. And, and Aragorn does that. So the sword, good choice. Horse, amazing choice. And 10 points, it, it doesn't scale particularly well. They've, they've made it as a pretty much a constant for all heroes now, 10 points for a horse. And for a hero like Aragorn, that is incredible value and, and gives him lots more options. Now, you might not actually take it in this list, and we'll talk about that a lot more in the, the our um, Keep It Secret, I'm sure, Kylie. But it's a really good choice, I think. Just, even if you just take it for the mobility, great. But if you take it for the hitting power, even better. 
Armor, good choice. That's fine. Probably not that thematic, but but a good choice. Five points. Yeah, you pay five points for 160-point heroes to get an extra defense to bring him up to six, which is a nice number. A bow, yes. Yes. Every time. Give him the bow. Yes. 100% agree. I think... I think pretty That's much first every choice. Aragorn, it's very hard to justify not taking the bow. I think if you always have an option for a bow on Aragorn, take it. Because there are going to be times in the game where you're either going to not really want to move much or you're doing some kind of kiting shenanigan. And having a free point of mind behind a bow when you're not really doing else much in the turn is, is just really, really handy. You'll, ne- you'll never, ever find a, a game where you won't get use out of that bow. Yeah, look, even if you don't, I don't care. It's five points, and it's a it's a scare thing. To play against Aragorn, knowing he has a bow, means you can't just let him sit back for the game because he, he can pick out a good amount of stuff with that bow. Yes, it's only a bow, but it, it's it's definitely a good choice. And the final one is an Elven Cloak, and for five points, I think this is also quite a good choice. It's not something I take every time, but I don't mind it at all uh, for, for this army especially. So I, I usually don't take the armor because I find it's not as thematic in this one, but all the other options I find for myself are on the table and and the armor is still fine there's nothing wrong with it at all it's just just going for theme yeah 100 percent agree i usually pretty much always factor in my aragons at basically a starting price of 175 so it kind of is old price because if i'm not taking the horse i'm taking the elven cloak uh, uh armor and bow on foot and if i am taking the course i am probably still taking the armor and bow so as a good starting point yes he's 160 points but because his options are just so damn valuable and provide so much for this character, you, you'll be a fool not to take it. Because if you're already investing 160 points, what's an extra 20 points to give him unmatched damage potential in a horse, uh, extra durability with the armor and the range threat that you can get from a bow and the protection from an elven cloak. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, the only real choice with Aragorn is do you take the pointy sword of doom or not? And look, I do think Horse or Elven Cloak is a legitimate choice as well. I think that a lot of it comes down to maybe play style and theme and that sort of stuff. But uh, I, I think he is fantastic purchases. Now, I would, I would be nervous about taking him at, at that 500 points or lower mark just because he's he's eating up so many points. But he's definitely you could definitely take him and design the whole army around him. But then your army is definitely a, an Aragorn does everything type army. But, but boy, can he do everything. Yeah, I mean, talk about flexibility. I, I'm actually going to say it. Aragorn is the most flexible hero in the entire game. For for what you pay <laughs> and for what he can do, it's just you'll be hard-pressed to find another model that can do what Aragorn can do for that price. Even even more. Even more. Like, even even models with, with Spellcraft behind them, like a, like a Gandalf the White or, or even something like a Sauron or something big end like that, uh, even a dragon are, are going to actually struggle to match Aragorn in his sheer damage potential and his sheer versatility on the table. Because once you slap on a horse and a bow and and start really, really getting some worth out of that free point of mind, he is just insane. Now, I just note here that we are going to talk about this army in its full, and it's up to you, uh, listener, if you're going to take this, whether you want to go totally thematic or whether whether you're not. So it's up to you whether you're going to put the sword in, because there's, well, depending if you're going for book or whether you're going for, uh, for, the, for the movie or whether you're going for your own hybrid creation, that's going to be a choice that you make because there, there is some thematic elements to that. So there's definitely a like the power versions of this list type of thing, but also the, the, the more thematic versions of it. And thematic options 
can restrict you a bit. And the problem with that is you've already got a very restricted list. So we'll talk about all the options, but Aragorn does so much for the army. What I really like about him, and I really want to point it out here, and I know it's 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 not quite quite a know thine type thing, but that he's the only one in your army with heroic march. So that itself is very, very valuable. So even if you're not taking the horse, you can reliably be moving at nine inches a turn for the whole game, pretty much, for as long as you want. And that really does open up that that fast-playing kiting option to this army list, which is one that it does very well. So I think that that march is definitely worth noting, because if you want march, he's the only way you're going to get it. Yeah, 100% agree on, on that, Jeremy. Uh uh, we'll get into it a bit more when we get into uh, keep it secret and and stuff like that. But there is there is a reason why you wouldn't take Aragorn at low points uh, simply for the fact as the next two heroes we're going to get into uh, a better value at that points points level. But if if you're going anything kind of north of five hundred, I would seriously be considering an Aragorn because, like we said, he's just got so much ta- tactical flexibility. He can do so much. I mean, he's one of the best heroes in the game for a reason and. Yeah, he he is worth every point you spend upon him. Mm, I agree, I agree, and and if you like Aragorn, this is not a bad army list for you because he he definitely shows off him in the in his Strider Ranger form, whereas a lot of the other lists don't really. They're very much him in the battlefield form. So I like that for that. The next one is going to be Arathorn, Aragorn's father. Now, I think this is Arathorn II. Now, he is a man infantry hero for 75 points, a hero of valor. So, he can't be... It says, for his special rule, uh, if your force contains Arathorn and Aragorn Strider, then it'll automatically lose its army bonus, which you just don't do. Don't do that. And additionally, the force will automatically be impossible allies of every other army list uh, regardless of what the alliance would normally be. So this is one of those enforced themes. So you can have lots of other themes that don't really work, but this one they're, they're enforcing. And honestly, it's it's one or the other. You're pretty much taking Arathorn or Aragorn. You can go without either of them. You, it's possible, but you're probably taking one of them. Arathorn is the budget option at 75 points. It's actually quite good value for 75 points, but 75 points means he does have his limitations. So he's got a movement of six, as you'd expect. Fight value of five, three plus. It's a good starting point. Uh, strength of four, defense of five, three attacks is very nice. Two wounds and a courage of five, also pretty good. Three might, that's nice. Two will and one fate, so it gets progressively worse as you go, but that's okay. His war gear is armor, sword, and bow. So importantly, he's got the bow, which which means he can play that that shooting role as well, the heroes if he needs to. And with three points of might, it means that if you really need something to die in shooting, you've got the option to do that. And he's also got some nice handy heroic actions in heroic accuracy, which I normally laugh at, but it's not too bad in this list. And I'll, I'll go through that once again a bit more in the, the Keep It Secret. And the heroic strike, which we all know how good heroic strike is. So that, that in itself is really, really good. So Kylie, what do you think about Arathorn here? Uh, I absolutely love this hero. I I have this hero as um, my general. Uh, it was previous edition uh, when I went to Articon, and he just did so much. I would actually argue he's one of the best uh, cost-effective models in the game. He is up there with Berta and, and those kind of characters in terms of what you pay and what you get, because three attacks for 75 points is absolutely ludicrous. Slap on three points of might and a strike behind that, there isn't much this guy can't do. In terms of like what points levels you'd be taking him at, and you take that into consideration... He is just an absolute machine because when you drop him down at, say, 500, 400 points, the stuff that can beat him 
There's not a lot, and the stuff that can beat him are going to be much, much more expensive than than Arathorn himself. So when you back him up with Rangers, he is an absolute, absolute god on the battlefield. He is, but my concern with him as well is that he's he's very much a glass cannon in that he's yes, he's got the three attacks, but then he's got two wounds, one fate, and defense five, which me and no no ability to get like an elven cloak, which I think that's probably my li- biggest disappointment with him in that that if you're going in that shooting war, he can pretty easily be taken out, and like one bad combat can can be the death of him. So yes, po- points effectiveness, cost effectiveness, I I would tend to agree with you. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go for the best in game this one because I I think there's some other options that are pretty good as well, but I, I I'm not gonna get that fight. But I will agree with you that yes 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 he's. He's very points effective. He's a good leader, but he's also he's a seventy-five point hero, and he comes with a weakness that pretty much all those seventy-five point heroes do. In that, if you want to kill them, you can kill them. Mm. So just watch out. If people want to kill him, they can kill him. Whereas Aragorn takes like significant effort to kill, and and so he should. This guy takes moderate effort to kill and needs to be somewhat protective. But he's also a fantastic assassin, and and I've done some wonderful things with him. And I know you have as well, yeah. Kylie. So I think we're we're on the the same page now. Thematically, if you were the thematic person, this guy is pretty much the only named hero you're taking with this list, except maybe a, a gray wizard if you want to do some allies or something like that. Or, because, or a halberd. Uh, or a halberd. The problem with halberd is halberd would have been like 15 when Arathorn was was. Uh, on his last legs, so that's maybe, maybe a very, very young Hellbrad, but definitely not the banner if you're going thematic. So uh, I, I think I tend to, I, I do like to put those two together. We'll talk about Hellbrad just a moment, yeah. but I tend to imagine that the Hellbrad profile is um, as much as anything a Grey Company standard profile because I, I just, I like the idea of heroes that that do something different. So I have taken them together, and I, and I, I would do that. But it's um, if you're going pure thematic, if you're one of the, the absolute 100% theme person, you're probably going to go Arathorn on his own, and then he's probably not going to be as good as you you want. Because Halberd, Kylie, can you go through this profile? This yeah, one just, just makes the just army. Just before I do that, I feel like you've given Arathorn a bit of a bad rap there. Because I th- no, I have not. Uh, I, I can't be. I have. Yeah, not. <laughs> no, I, I feel. I feel you have because I I find him a lot better than what you've kind of led him on to be. Yes, he has weaknesses, but I I can't really see a, a point in in why he, he can't be a, a good leader and a good uh, center point to your force. Because if you're up against something that can nuke him out really quickly, you just hide him behind a wall of rangers and then unleash him uh, at an opportune moment. Like, his damage potential is so high that copping hits enough or quickly enough for him to go down, it's, it's probably either you're out of might and you're going into a strike-off, or you've been really silly and let him, left him in, an, in a vulnerable position, because he's got two will, he's decent at dealing with magic at that level, and he's got three attacks, so stuff that can beat him in combat is very, very low, especially once you chuck a banner and a spear behind him. Yeah, that's all true, Kylie, but he is a 75-point hero, and leaders, in almost every scenario, leaders are going to lose you some some victory points in a straight strike off. If he loses it, he's dead. So you've got to be very careful about when you try that. So going into heroes that can't strike, absolutely great. Hiding him. Anyone could do that. That's fine. I agree with that. I think if you, if you look after him, he'll get good value from him, but he's not one of those heroes that you can just throw forward and and then bail him out with heroics. It does not work that way. So you're one back strike and he's dead. 
So you just got to be be careful with him. I I still think he's good, and I still think you're getting what you pay for. Seventy five points. What do you? You're not getting like an Aragorn level hero, but he does not have anywhere near the resilience of that. And if someone wants to go after him, they they definitely can. Strike is not that defensive. There are definitely ways around that. With two will, he doesn't like magic. So you've just got to. I think he's be more resilient with him. than you think, especially because like I'm I'm not seeing him being used really at. Uh, anything north of 500 and at 500 points two will is enough to deal with uh a low level ring ray for or a or, or a shattering gundabad shawan or or something like a, a barawite okay i'll give you that at, at 500 points yes yes i i agree and the really big stuff means you're probably playing against a small army and you just have to play avoidance like I know that I played a certain person who had uh, Caliborn leading their 500-point army, and I was so scared to put Arathorn into Caliborn because I just knew that, that Caliborn would, would absolutely mince through through Arathorn. So, you, yes, uh, but at 500, definitely. North of 500, I think if he's your leader, you're going to be a little bit concerned because there's definitely stuff that can deal with him as well. But I, I think we're probably on the same page as Kylie. I think we both think he's a really good character, but I just... Um, like, in some ways, I wish he was Aragorn. So once you get to that, that over 500 points level, I want him to be Aragorn, and he's not Aragorn. He's he's the budget version that does very small amount of the things for a fraction of the price. Agreed. So north of 500, tag Aragorn. South of 500, yes, tag yes. Arathorn, I think. That's, that's the rule. Agreed. That's okay. the rule, ladies <laughs> and gents. That's the rule. All right, let's, let's get into a character that we've hinted at. Um, and honestly, he, he's really, really, really damn, damn good for what you get. Uh, for what you pay for. So we have Halibrad next. He comes in at 70 points. For 70 points, you get the man, infantry, and hero keyword. He is a hero of fortitude. Uh, for stats, he has a movement of 6, uh, fight value 5 with a shoot of 3+, strength 4, defense 5, 2 attacks, and 2 wounds. Notably, he has a courage of 6, which can come in handy in the right situations. Uh, he has might of 3, will of 2, and fate of 1. For Wargi, he has armor, a sword, and a bow. So pretty stock standard there. For heroic actions, he has heroic accuracy and heroic strike. But where he really shines is his options. So you can take the banner of Arwen Evenstar for 40 points, which is a massive buff to that uh, piece of war gear from the previous edition. He also has a horse for 10 points, so a bit stock standard there, but very, very, very useful. Now, the banner of Arwen Evenstar is absolutely insane. This is a banner that affects all friendly models within 6 inches rather than the usual 3 inches. In addition, friendly models within 6 inches of the banner gain the fearless special rule. Additionally, Halbride suffers no penalties for carrying the banner, such as the minus one. Oh my god, could they buff this banner anymore? It is ridiculous. <laughs> it, it is really, really good. And, and this is where I, I'm willing to break the theme down a little bit because this this banner, for what it does for your army, is is just nuts. Like just, just having a three-inch banner would be huge. But having it as a six-inch banner pretty much covers the majority of fighting force unless you're doing some really extreme flank work, which is which is not always the best option for this army, but sometimes it's a necessity. But Fearless is just so good. It, it is that good. What it means is ring rapes, don't care. Spectre armies, don't care about it. And now that your base troops, base warriors, uh, are, are courage four, that's beatable. That's something that, you, that 
it would take some resources to pass that. So knowing that you've got a fearless hero is really, really fantastic. And he also works really well with the army bonus, which we'll talk about very soon. But I, I love Halbrad. I think he's a legitimate option at small points levels as a leader, especially if you give him a horse and no banner. If you want to go really yeah. budget options to so say like that 300 points level, I, I'm pretty sure that, that him on horse would be like, I would definitely consider that because I think that gives you a lot of options because at low levels, you, your biggest weakness or one of your biggest weaknesses is moving around. So that's that's an option. Horse for 10 points, great value. Banner for 40 points. If you've got the 40 points, I, I would take it almost every time without without thinking. It, it's that good. Yeah, no, 100%. And like bre- breaking down the banner just a little bit, um, a regular standard run-of-the-mill banner, say from a Minas Tirith army list or an elf or an orc army list, is 25 points. Any one of those separate special rules, so the six-inch range, the fearless, all the no penalties for carrying the banner since it's on a hero is worth that 15 points. The fact that you get all three for 15 extra points is absolutely ludicrous. Like, this banner was worth it back when it was 60 points, a 60-point investment on Halbrad, and you still had the minus one. It... The fact that it doesn't have that th- those penalties anymore and it's cheaper is just like it. It actually boggles the mind a little bit for for me because like the, there are some funky stuff you can do with allied uh, allies matrices and and putting him into secondary army lists and stuff like that that is just completely mind boggling. See, that's where that's where I can see it being an issue because forty points. If you literally just want to drop Halbred in another army, which is is an option for a lot of them, if you don't want the army bonus, and he, we, we talk about this army bonus. Actually, let's talk about the army bonus now because I think it's actually yeah. important to mention it as part of this conversation. So, the army bonus for this army list is is one of these really really good army bonuses that tr- sort of fixes a list. So it's called their dangerous folk wandering in the wilds, and all models from this army list gain woodland creature. Good. And the rangers of the north and Dunedain may benefit from the standfast of Arathorn, Halbarad, and Aragorn Strider. That's also pretty good, but a lot of times the Fearless Banner sorts that out anyway. Additionally, though, the rangers of the north and Dunedain increase their attacks value to two while they have the infantry keyword. So that that's really, really nice. So it's the fact that when they're on foot, they get those two attacks, that's, that, that's good. That's fantastic. Now, wait a second. Do the... Um, do you give up the infantry keyword when you get a cavalry model, a horse? Uh, or do you still keep it? Yes. That's something yes. that's interesting. You lose the infantry keyword whilst you're mounted. Okay, no, that that makes yeah. a lot of sense. That's how I thought it was. I just, just thought of something, but but I definitely didn't. But that has a minor benefit from Halbred. If it's just Halbred, for example, the benefit is the woodland creature. Now, you can give up woodland creature for one model. That's That's fine. Yeah. So to have a fearless banner, if you want to add a fearless banner to an army that, that has an issue with courage. So, I don't know, something like uh, uh, Arnor or uh, any, maybe, anything along those lines. Maybe not Arnor, because Arnor is a red ally. Yeah, he's got a good bonus as well. Yeah. And Arnor's, well, already, Arnor's kind of not already a... got it too with um, Arvadui. Yeah, yeah, they, they have other but, ways to get it as well. Yeah, but whatever it is. So even um, even just like kind of... <laughs> Hobbits. Yeah, even kind of like you just you run in the... Like, take, I think, Gondor is, I think, a really good example. Right? Or, or even like the Wildmen or something like that. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah, even the Wildmen. But Gondor and Wildman, I think, are really good examples because they're yellow allies that you don't mind losing the army bonus for. So say you take him in a Minas Tirith list and you slap him down. There's an extra three mites, a combat character. Say you stick him on a horse or whatever. 
And you get that double inch range on the banner. Like, who cares if you lose the plus one courage? You've now got fearless on everyone within six inches of him. Like, that is a worthwhile trade off. Mm. And you have a striker too. So, like, you get a lot out of it. And some of the sneaky stuff you can do uh, with allied contingencies, particularly with the Shire list as well, is, is pretty insane. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think. Uh, do you remember Lockin was doing his um, fake Rohan army, which is basically all the, the powerful profiles from other lists trying to turn into Rohan? I think he might have used Halberd in the banner at some point as a as mm. a uh, as a pro because it's 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 good enough. You put on a horse and you've got a character that that's good in combat, doesn't lose anything for having the banner, but the banner is is great value and and does does a lot. Now, I would argue that it's probably fairly costed for this army list. Because yes. I think this army list is one where you don't get the same benefit as you would taking spam, courage, three troops across the board. This is not an army that, that uh, benefits that much. And it kind of needs the, the re-rolls as well because you've got an army that, that hits uh, reasonably well. But if it loses a combat, it's quite fragile. So I think, I think that for, for this army list, for the rangers only, I think the cost is fine. I think the issue is when you start just dropping weird alliances in. And, and that's... I guess one of the weird alliances you could do because I I don't know maybe it should say maybe friendly characters from the ranger list get um get the feel of special or somewhere like that might have balanced it a little bit more but anyway it is what it is we can't can't wish this forever about it I think we're both in agreement that that if you're taking Halberd you're going to get some value out of Halberd yeah hundred percent absolute hundred percent. Mm, yeah, I really like Halbred. And there's a couple models to choose from as well. Initially, the uh, the Christmas tree one wasn't my favorite, but I've sort of grown to like him a little bit, even though I still don't think they're the greatest models in the world, the Range of the North and, and Halbred. But you've got that one, and you've got another one that came out for a while, which was good as well. No horse models, so you have to do that yourself. But uh, I think I think people who, who play the Rangers would find a way to model it. There's, there's other options. Yeah. You just basically grab a horse model and, and throw the banner on and... and a cape and away you go. So Kylie, I think we should move on to our other two profiles now. So can you take the first? Yeah. So I've got the Ranger of the North for 30 points and I have some opinions about this that I'll, I'll, I'll share after, but we'll get the, we'll get the uh, profile out of the way. So for 30 points, you get the mad infantry hero keyword. They are independent heroes, which is both a blessing and a curse, uh, depending on how you want to interact with that independent hero keyword. They move six. They have a fight value of four with a shoot value of three plus strength four, defense five with one attack and one wound. So a little fragile there. They have courage four. Uh, one might, one will, and one fate for war gear. They have the same as Halbrad, armor, sword, and a bow. For heroic actions, they can call a heroic accuracy. And for options, they can take a horse for 10 points and a spear for one point. So very, very interesting um, in terms of how much you have to pay to get a horse. And I don't know about you, Jeremy, but I think there was a bit of a bit of awkward math done, uh, done there in terms of... Uh, bumping the Rangers of the North up from 25 points to 30 points and increasing their horses uh, point cost from 6 to 10. I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> oh, you, you're too kind, Kylie. I I think this is atrocious maths. I think the fact that we've somehow decided that um, all the war gear for heroes are a constant, although I'm glad they didn't try to bump the spear up. Can you imagine if they made it five points for a spear? <sighs> like You can just tell the designers would have been tempted to. They would have said, oh, but it's a hero. We've got to, get, got to go. We've got to do five points. No, it, it, 
it doesn't work. It's a 10-point horse for Aragorn, who's got all the power in the world, and it's a 10-point horse for a guy that you're paying to lose the army bonus ability. So you lo- basically, you're breaking even on attacks when you charge of a horse. If you get charged, you're losing attacks. So you're potentially worse in combat with the horse. You're faster. That's great. But in terms of percentage, you've, you've already got... For this guy, you're already looking at bumping it from 30 to 40 points. 40 points... That's that's almost captain on a horse level price. It's not that far off it, and there's no way this guy is anywhere near as good as a captain on a horse. Now, I, I would argue as well that the five points extra. Now, we're going to compare it to a profile we haven't read out yet, but paying paying five points over the top of the next profile we're talking about for an extra pip of defense yeah. well, is, I think, well, not very good either. Well, Jeremy, why don't we quickly just uh, um, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, do it. let's, let's do give it. you the uh, dinner day and two. So, in terms of sure, what, yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I want to do this one. This one's this one's my favorite. This is this is the list for me. The Dunedain for twenty five points uh, is man infantry hero independent hero, which I think is amazing because you get some options to play it how you like. So you say it's a, a, a curse or a strength. I think it's it's a strength one hundred percent of the way because you get to say it. Uh, movement six, fight four, three plus, great strength four, good defense four. That's very very fragile. Attacks one, wounds one, courage four, one one one, might will fate, which hopefully you don't die with them still at one one one, which is embarrassing. Although fate, you probably would use that. Sword and bow, heroic accuracy, actually not too bad, not too bad. I've used that before. And a spear option for one point, that's fine. I, I don't mind that for one point. So the Dunedain is the value profile in this list. So having twenty five points for your two attacks on foot. And and a spear option for one point if you have the points for it. Oftentimes I don't. I don't necessarily want to be spear supporting if I don't have to, but it can be useful occasionally to have a few of them. Heroic actually not too bad. If it had strike still, that would be amazing. But these guys, these guys are really good value. I really like them. They are fragile. They die when they die. They die quickly, and and that's a problem. But the difference is five points less than the range of the north, which does make a big difference. So the range of the north, what you are essentially doing to get a mounted model, which is not a huge jump in power. You're paying 15 extra points over the Dunedain. That's that's big. That's big, isn't it? That's Kyle? massive, Jeremy. That's ludicrous. 15 points. Mm, it's not yeah. right. It's it's as as it's just not as you said. The math isn't right here, and I think yeah. One of like my one of my biggest gripes in this game is the difference between um, the ranges of the North and the Dunedain. Now I understand um, that they were very very similar in the old rules. Uh, but when they moved from um, 5th edition to 6th edition, I think they've missed a really big opportunity to give the Rangers of the North a really uh, interesting and different point of... Yeah, a point of difference, basically, between them and the Dunedain. So whether that be, you know, fight five or ha- perhaps even an extra wound would have made them much more interesting and versatile on the table tack. Hell, even making them, say, 50 points and giving them two attacks and two wounds would have made them uh, a different, not, not so much a different profile, but a different level of power so that when you construct your army list within this um, army, you have different models that can fulfill different roles and do different things. Because at the moment, you basically only take these ranges of the north when you're floating five points and you don't know what to do with. Or you're at a bigger game, say a 750 point game, and you need a couple of these ranges of the north on horse to go peel for Aragorn when he charges in with his horse doing the death or glory attack. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I feel really guilty every time I take them. And it's usually when I've got I've just got five points that, that I just don't have the models to buy five extra spears. So I, I, I might grab turn one into a range of the north, and it, it's a bit of a points manipulation thing. But I, I think, at the very least, if they gave them something 
almost insignificant, like like one plus to the courage or something like that. At least you feel a little bit better about yeah. that that difference because because five five points for a pivot defense is is not, not. particularly give them two pivots of defense if they defend six. Okay, I can see I can see a point there. I, now we're yeah. on. Now we're talking because then you're guaranteeing to to be harder to wound. But the the, the real reality is it's only half the time that, that that's going to be a bonus anyway. Yeah. So they don't really play that tank role that that. It almost looks like they should compared to the Dunedain. Yeah, game. and it's kind of it's it's kind of interesting in a way because um when the when Games Workshop released Battle Companies, they kind of showed their math and their formula for how to work out what points level a hero should be, and it's so it's so fascinating to me because they've basically got this this Ranger of the North profile and they've costed them as this they've like just completely ignored their 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 um points costing convention and. It costed them as a full fledged two two hero, which makes no sense because if if they were thirty points as they are now, and they say had fight five or say even an extra wound, we would have reason to want to pay that five points to take them. We would still have reason to want to taking the Dunedine. Even even something as as small as reducing their horse cost from. 10 points to 4 points would make the Rangers of the world range of the north worthwhile taking but they've just completely missed the money and missed the mark with with these mm, characters and mm. it's just it's really really sad to see um particularly after we've had such a gorgeous army list um before with how the dunadine for every four you could uh for every dunadine you could take you could take a um a generic uh, Ranger of Honor and stuff. And that interesting army competition composition that you had where you had, you know, your Aragorns, your Arathorns and your Halbrad leading, you know, blocks of 12 guys. And you had a whole bunch of these kind of little micro heroes running around. And I would have liked to see them use some, that similar kind of army list side, because I, I do not think that the, it's much simpler this way of making, making the army list is something that you, you need to subscribe to because one thing I've learned from my years of wargamings is wargamers read the fine print. We're one of the few people that do. Yeah, look, I, they, they're not, they're not terrible, but their, their costing's not right. And it's, it's really annoying that, that the one option, the Dunedain option is the, the absolute go to. Like, I want it to be a point where I have to think about it a little bit. Yeah. But it's not. It's not at that point. And and I, I was just thinking. I was while you was going through that, imagining all the options you could do to make them slightly better value. Like you could grab pretty much any of the special rules from any army bonus and give them to them. You could give them like an outrider special rule where they they get like um the stand fast if they can see one of the heroes that, that's already passed. So ex- essentially extending Halbrad's banner range. You could give them like resistant to magic. You could give them almost anything, and you could say, okay, How, I can see a point to them give now. Them like fight. Plus one fight value if they're near like a Arathorn or an Aragorn or something. Or one of oh chickens. yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Suddenly, suddenly it became, be they become really like they they have a role within your army list, and more more importantly, they give you um, army list expression for players because that's that's one of the things that really disappoints me with this army list is there's no expression for how you want to run the army list. It's it's pretty much basic it's pretty much straight up like there is no choices you have to make it's do you take arathorn if yes take as many 
many guys as you can fit in in 25 point blocks and then if you've got five ten points over you, you dish out some spears or whatever or if you've got 10 points left you get however out a horse there's there's no way of changing the composition of the armist of, of of say lowering one troop type and upping a different one or lowering one or not taking this tier so you can get more of your your, your, your basic line troops so that's what really frustrates me is that there's no creativity in how you want to design and play your list. Yeah, it is a pretty straightforward list, which which is good sometimes to have one you don't have to think too much about. But I, I, I think the Ranger of the North is a big loser in this 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 army list in particular because it's the costings, uh, I don't know, I, I think it was just lazy lazy points riding to try and be consistent. Like, we can remember points values. We can cope with a horse being slightly less points than than normal. Like, we can do that. They used to be 30 points roughly for the whole horse package, and, and they were good then. Like, you, you happily took them. But now when you look at 40 points and, and you get some negatives, uh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, bother with it's, that one. It's, it's so bizarre too. It's, 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 no, not so bizarre. It's extraordinarily bizarre to me because they've got Baragond, um, who is 30 points, pretty much almost identical to the Ranger of the North, and his horse is five points. Like what? And he's a bodyguard. Like what? <laughs> like what? Like actually what? Like... I, I almost feel it, c- it could have possibly been a copy and paste error. Like, that's where my head is, is at at the moment. Because I look at it and going, surely someone's just seen horse and just copy and pasted from, like, uh, like Halberad down and then just gone to delete, like, um, so, like change the stats around and have, hasn't, has just, f- like, glossed over seeing the horse is now 10 points instead of 5 or 6. I mean, I don't know. That, that's, that's how I'm, I'm seeing it. You might actually be onto something. That 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 could legitimately be what's going on, where they um just did some sort of global change thing and just made it to be at that point cost for every hero. Who knows? Who knows? I think we've gone on long enough, Kylie. I do take the range of the north, but at very small numbers. And um, if you want to take mass range of the north, you're probably looking at legendary legion territory because at least the heroes then can make up for them a bit. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Okay, well let's let's have a quick break and we'll go to our uh, keep it secret. Keep it secret, keep it safe. Kylie, let's go into... We've got many strategies about this, and we've both played with this new list a, a little bit, so I think we're at the point now where we can definitely talk about it, and I don't think we could beforehand. I think we can now. First of all, I want to talk about the uh, the strategy of kiting, because I feel like this is an army that really benefits from a good knowledge of how that, that strategy works, and when, when we mean just running away, and when we mean going in. So can you give us a bit of a rundown, and yeah. I'll add to it at the end? So kiting, kiting is an old uh, uh, World of Warcraft term, where basically... You run backwards whilst flinging spells and damage and shooting your bow at whatever's trying to chase you. So basically, it's it's forcing your opponent to engage you and chasing you. And with an army like the Dunedain that has such power with their bow fire, as well as having might behind that bow fire, it can be a really, really, really devastating ability. But the really key thing with kiting is make sure you're kiting to a location 
that is actually one defensible so you can actually eventually when you turn on your opponent so forego the kiting and then choose to engage you have a good spot to engage in and two kiting to a place where you're, you're achieving something so kiting back towards an objective in domination or or kiting back uh or kiting to the side uh in in scenarios like reconnoiter and and getting into a position where you're still able to fight so you don't get surrounded by your opponent once they do eventually close on you you're moving to a position. You don't necessarily start in that position. So what I often find is that, that I'll plan to, to fight my combats. And this army can fight combats. Don't get us wrong. This army is a, it's a good combat army. But I will be maybe, I don't know, 10 inches to the side or 9 inches to the side of where I actually want to fight. And I can use that movement just going backwards at half speed or um, marching with Aragorn and moving backwards and shooting just to slowly get to that point and enable me to have a couple extra turns of shooting if I need it, but also time to break up the opponent. So sometimes I'll have a few options of where I want to go. So I might, I might be moving backwards and then I want to go either left or right. I'm not too fussed about it either way. And depending on how my opponent chooses to go i might jump one way or the other way as well so ideally you do you want to set it up so that you draw the opponent into a place that gives you the maximum benefit for your combat and you're a small model count army so you need to find either an area where you can tank up and use the uh the terrain to protect your flanks which is often what you do against a horde or you need to go at the side of the army and then just like munch through a flank pretty quickly and then use it and just keep following on. So you take you on the army at piecemeal. Yeah, 100% agree. Forests are also uh, really good once you have the army bonus uh, to do this because you basically have an exit strategy. Unless, of course, you're fighting someone else that has woodland creature. But backing yourself onto a forest, they're moving three inches, you're moving six. You can do some really funky disengages. And with uh, Aragorn or even just the nature of the army and having just an absolute metric crap ton of might, you can disengage back through uh, those terrain features that are quite advantageous for you. Oh, having, having woodland is gold standard. You definitely want to be be going around the woodlands if at all possible. Oftentimes it's not possible because a canny opponent will make it so you can't use that. And often boards only have a couple woods on them, but if you can, definitely, definitely, definitely. Because that, just that increase the movement is so handy. Yeah, and, and kiting is kind of the bread and butter of this army. You pretty much will never uh, f- full-on for, 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 go, for go shooting and charge head-on to, into your opponent. And there are very, very uh, very rare circumstances where that will do. E- even against Blinding Light, you, you, you have a decent sh- chance at, at knocking out those heroes because one thing we kind of haven't really touched on yet that we, we've got, we might as well touch on now is target priority. Because you have such absolutely amazing shooting you do have the ability to knock out uh, enemy heroes before they get to you and a good player will know what targets need to be knocked out before combat so jeremy what what do we mean by that i think you've got to make a choice what you're going to knock out before combat because your choice is either to take out one or maybe if you're really really lucky two uh, important heroes or lots of troops so th- this is your option, and lots of troops can be a d- decent option because it is the kind of one that, that forces people to run at you. But some armies, you have a, a certain hero that may be the, the entire entire army. So things like the, the one that came to mind uh, when I played at, at a tournament just recently, I played against a Gothmog's Legion army, and Gothmog is the linchpin of that army. So I thought if I could shoot out Gothmog before combat, I'm pretty much going to win the game. Like, like 
no ifs or buts about it because Gothmog does so much for that army. So he became my ta- number one target priority. And I even used heroic accuracy just to make sure I could keep putting pressure on him because I didn't care about killing the Moranan Orcs. I didn't want to. I didn't want any shot to be wasted hitting a Moranan Orc in front of Gothmog. I just wanted every arrow to be going at Gothmog. And, and I managed to kill, take two wounds off Gothmog before he got into combat, which set it up for a nice little flash kill with Arathorn and some, some rangers doing some heroic combats, pushing my fight value around. So that... That, that tactic is very, very important. I also tried it against the Girion, and it failed. I didn't quite get the last wound off Girion. And that's the time when, the one time when I feel like you have to try and get to combat a bit earlier than you want to, is when you're going against an army that outshoots you. So there's a few of them around. Dale's definitely one of them. Merkled Rangers is one of them. Uh, the Rangers of Athelion is another one. Maybe, maybe something like Corsairs, perhaps. Probably not, but maybe. Uh, these armies, sometimes you have to just go into combat and just, just commit um, usually the good armies, though. So target priority, if you can kill a hero, my, my rule of thumb is that if they're a defense six hero or less, I'm pretty much thinking I can shoot them out before they get into combat. If they're more than that, it's basically to, to soften them up a little bit for combat. Yeah, agreed. And, and don't be afraid um, to spend your might to do so because you have so much might. It's, you can, you know, af- you know, can afford to drop, you know, three or four... Uh, sometimes even five or six my points to to knock out a key priority target. I know in the past I have shot out fell beasts uh, by spending five points of my um, during the shoot phase just to make sure that my opponent didn't have that uh, high damage, high presence model on the table with lots of agency. Because when you knock out those those big targets, you, your opponent will really really feel it, especially when you're you're running these two attack ranges and making sure that your opponent doesn't have access to the models that can actually cut down your troops. Because one of the things that you need to remember when playing rangers is that your models are so, so valuable. They are they are so precious. It's the old adage of when you have less numbers than your opponent, your models are worth more. You can't be trading um, you know, one ranger for, for one other model, even two other models from your opponent, you need to be trading much more efficiently than that, you know, trading one ranger for three, four uh, orcs or or, or uruks on, on your opposing uh, um, opponent's side because if you lose too many of your rangers too quickly, you just get swamped and surrounded and once that happens, it's it's game over. Yeah, it's a kind of army that... that... A lot of heroes and armies are like this. When you do well, you often don't lose much at all. So when, I, when I'm winning with the ranger army, I'm pretty much not losing rangers at all. So the trade value is very, very high. I might be trading like one ranger for, for five, ten, twenty of my opponent's models. Like it can be really that, that strong. But when I'm losing, I'm losing one for one. And that's when I just it goes downhill very, very, very quickly. So you can't trading one for one or even one for two is not enough. You've got to be be getting serious value out of the ranges. And and the bow fire and target priority is the way you do that. And the kiting means that you get more time to shoot at those priority targets. And if worst case scenario they start putting guys in the way of those heroes, it means it's one less turn where they get in combat. Because big heroes will eat through ranges easily. Very, very easily. So so moving times. Anytime I see a big hero that's a threat to to characters, shoot it. Just shoot it. Just shoot it. Don't be afraid to spend all your might. Now, now, I don't mean might to hit. I think that's pretty poor value. But once you've got the wound roll, I think just spend it. Yeah, because um, what the might point effectively make does is it makes your bow fire strength four. Think of your bow fire like stroke four when, when you're when you're taking the shots, and it's it's a good indication for you as a player to to realize just how strong your archery is because it's it's it's, it's crossbow it's crossbow territory in terms of how much power it has. More so that it's 
you're basically a, a one in three chance of doing a wound every time you hit, essentially, because you've got that point of might backing it up with all your guys. And that I find pretty decent. And I will, uh, if I'm fighting something like a Wraith army, like I fought against the, the nine with the Legendary Legion, I would 100% spend the might on that first uh, wound roll. So, you know, the first one you're trying to reach for the yeah. six? I would spend it on that and then go for the whatever it is, the 50-50 on the second roll to try and take a wound off a Wraith. It's it's that important to do, and and it's not the end of the world if you lose that point of might, but it's it's huge if you get that, that turnaround and able to pull off a fate point or a wound even better. Yeah, I 100% agree. And and kind of taking uh, what, what you said about how precious your models are, we need to talk about positioning with this army because positioning is everything. You cannot allow your rangers to get trapped because once your rangers get trapped, it's pretty much game over. If someone gets behind you, it's game over. One of the best strategies you can employ against a ranger army is marching cavalry up around the back, getting in behind, getting into their back line and, and threatening the, their rear because the, the rangers are super super skirmishy but when they lose their ability to retreat into into good areas when they lose their anchoring position on terrain they become very very vulnerable yeah that you do not want to be in that position and it's challenging sometimes like you could play some scenarios things like uh, reconnoiter where you have to spread them out they they often work better as a little clump like a death ball but sometimes they need to spread out and play that really really kitey spread out engage with a few friends army uh, just on this level if we're talking about what opponents can do and what the rangers can do as a ranger player definitely think about your heroic combats as extra movement more so than extra killing because that's, that's where you can think about it. But I also like to think of it as uh, the way that I use to save my rangers. So my I don't know about you, Kylie, but oftentimes my first priority for heroic combats, and I consider this part of the movement, part of the place, and part of everything, is to try and get it so that my rangers aren't in a position where I'm going to lose them. So calling heroic combats, moving a, a squad of three rangers to go help out their friends is a really good use, but it also helps you when that, that opponent does do what you said, where they jump around your back and tries to cut off your exit. You can basically flip your line around then and try and, and do a, a bit of a breakthrough maneuver as well. So so you've got some options in that one, but it, it's really tough to know when to use mm. it. Uh, Agreed. And, and like you said, Jeremy, um, with the heroic combats, that this is what this army is, is almost designed to do. They're, they're all about chaining their heroic actions, whether it be combat strikes to... to you know, throw a unsuspecting, uh, you know, fight eight Arathorn or a, or a fight nine or ten Aragorn into a high priority target can can really be a game changer. But moreover than that, you can do these really funky things with the Rangers of the North, where you know you call two or three heroic combats in amongst this broken skirmish line, and then move each subsequent model from a heroic combat into the next heroic combat to increase the odds of your subsequent heroic combats from going off and you can do absolutely devastating charges and uh combat phases with this i have i have quite recently in fact when i was mucking around with this army managed to basically remove 14 goblins um from my opponent's army off the table in a single turn just by setting up multiple heroic combats and heroic strikes into you know key targets like uh their dweller and uh their derbers and stuff to really put the pressure on because that's how the rangers are able to win these long drawn out fights because they have such good um attack metrics and they have the two attacks and the extra banner reroll from halberd if you can bring the numbers to even 
you've pretty much won the game. And that's kind of where I, I see ranges. If I can get my ranges as quickly as possible down to an even fight into these one-on-one fights, you're probably going to win because it's very hard to beat a model that has, you know, two attacks with a reroll and maybe a point of might or two. It's, it's just, it, it becomes almost impossible at that point, even if you've got some really good troops like, you know, uh, berserkers and stuff like that. Mm. I, uh, Kylie, on that that line, I had a, a game where I was playing uh, against James at at the event, and we were he had Woses and Theoden and some riders, and he had he had a massive Woses army. So so his Woses contingent was something like like Garnbury Garnd, and then like three warbands of Woses. So there were at least eight the warbands. So it's uh, probably closing in on on twenty five Woses along with Garnd, and my rangers half my army. No Halbrad. Arathorn finally getting to combat in the last turn of it. So I'm talking about about seven range, seven Dunedine managed to clean up the entire lot of Woes over about three turns. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about in terms of their their, their ability to burst down um, enemy enemy armies because that's that's how they win games. Because if you don't burst them down, you don't go for these these quick rapid succession heroic combats and and chaining these actions together then you're going to get overwhelmed and trapped and surrounded. Because once, as we said, once the rangers get trapped and surrounded and pinned down in place, they're, they're pretty much uh, done. Oh, so done. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's fun to, to play around that because they, they're ones that, that win spectacularly, but also lose spectacularly as well. So you've got to be really careful with how you do this. Uh, we've talked about chain of heroic actions. I want to go a little bit more detail about when to spend the might, because one of the traps for this army is to just throw away all your resources for nothing. Because uh, my opponent, the whole time I played, has always, always try and bait me. They'll say, just use some might. You've got plenty. You've got plenty. You've got plenty. And I do have plenty, but... You want to be able to get value out of that that might, so you've got to actually be careful about who calls the action and and what action they call. So I've learned a few things, Kylie. I'm here interested to hear your thoughts on this, and then I'm going to add mine in as well. All right, hit me up. Oh, okay. So so my one first, and I'll go. Fine. Um, basically, the worst thing that happens to a ranger or a Dunedain, ranger of the north, is to die with the might. Agreed. Hundred percent agreed. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. It's like if they die when they've spent their might, I'm fine with it. But with the die with their point of might, uh, it, it sucks. It's it's I'm throwing it away for nothing. It's basically a warrior at that point. So I have learnt now. Initially, I was spending might on the the back guys in the thoughts that my front guys like. Sometimes you go into a dense block, so I'd spend it on the spearman first for things like the heroic shoot or the heroic accuracy or whatever I needed to do, a hundred percent needed to do, and then I'll keep the might on the front guys for like the heroic combats. But what I found later on is that I actually prefer to use the guys at the front first for the moves and for the, the shoots and for the accuracies or anything you need to do because then I had some rangers and Dunedain that had no points of might. And they're the guys, you know when you fight a lion, Kylie, everything, you're confident in fighting everything. There's a horde of orcs, there's lots of guys there, but then there's one captain. Yeah. And you're like, okay, which range of the north or Dunedain am I going to sacrifice? It's the one with no might. That one goes into the captain and probably dies, whereas all the ones with might can then go into little guys and still call their heroic combat and or or just use their might to win the combat and kill the weaker guy. So I find I found that after a while, using the might for the guys in front was a much better option for me, and also saving onto Arathorn and Halbrad, Aragorn's actual resources, real resources, as long as possible because you're going to want to use them for strikes. Yeah, I 100% agree with that sentiment, Jeremy. Absolutely, 100% agree. Because 
basically your Halberat and your your uh, Arathorns, their might is there for the strike or the emergency heroic move late game or the emergency combat to, to, to mop up some stuff, especially if Halberat's mounted. But for the basic little ranges, they're, they're all about making sure that you, you've basically got layers of, of ranges of the North and Dunedain and which orders you, you want to spend them on too. And making sure that you're aware of that is extremely important. And as well as kind of looking at your, your opponent's army at the start of the game and working out what you're going to be needing the might for. So, for instance, when you're up against, uh, you know, fight three spam, like Miranda Orcs, Basic Orcs, uh, even your Goblin armies and stuff, even to extent other, like, Rangers of Gondor and Blackfoot Vale Arches and stuff like that, H- Harad, you know, these kind of armies that have either really low defense or really uh, uh, low fight value, you want to be saving your might for the heroic combats to be able to chain these actions together. But when you're up against something a little tougher, say, for instance, dwarves, I think is a, a fantastic example, you generally will be using your might to get the wounds through. So recognizing what your might is going to be most probably used for in a game is extremely important and extremely valuable. And knowing... When and where to to spend it is is extremely important. Mm. And I would say be conservative with your big heroes. I know Aragorn's different. Aragorn can spend a free point every turn. So he's the one doing the march or the accuracy or anything like that. But with the other heroes, with your three might heroes, hold on to those ones. Don't be afraid to spend the range of the north and the Dunedain's might because... You really need to get the ball rolling. It's very much like a, a snowball down the hill type army. Whereas if things start going well for you at the start, they just keep going well. And they keep going well. And it's harder and harder for your opponent. But if things go badly at the start, they go really badly. And you lose all your guys. And, and you, you then get trapped. And you're in trouble. So, so don't be afraid to go hard early. And I've seen you play this. And I've played this where that first turn of combat is just... Heroic combat, heroic combat, strike, heroic combat, heroic combat, strike, and just go all in and have a go at trying to remove something big. So trying to take out the big hero on one of those bulk type uh, strike heroic combats where you just move your striker around and take them on or uh, just go through and try and just remove the whole front line and then so you can get into those spearmen at the back or whatever. I, I think it really pays off in this army and it's high risk. It does does fail at times, but it's definitely the way to go. You don't want to be conservative and hold on to that might when you guys are dying. Yeah, agreed. Agreed, Jeremy. Absolutely agreed. The research manager is one of the more interesting parts of this army. And uh, I guess there was an interesting game as well we played, Kylie, where I was against you and I had to think about how much my will I was going to use. Because will is something you don't think about a whole lot. And both my heroes, I had Arathorn and Halbred, they both only had two will, and you had lots and lots of spellcasters. So I needed to resist the spells, but it was also a matter of how much will do I use? And with a three might character, I know it kind of sucks, but I would be advocating if you expect lots of spells for the game. I'm a bit of an advocate for the for the one die resist, and I know it's a bit of an, a, a a risk, and it can fail spectacularly. If it's something that's going to kill you, maybe you go all the will. But for um, like uh, we had the Stormcaller yeah. spells, uh, I would consider going the one will, and if you resist it, then you've got a chance to, to resist the follow-up as well, which did, did occur in our game, it didn't did. it? Because you, you threw, threw a transfix and it, it paid off. It was a lucky gamble. And that's something that you don't often think about with resource management, that when you've got lots of might, when do you use your will? And for the for the normal guys, it doesn't matter. But for the big heroes, absolutely does. Only two will is not a whole lot. Mm, yeah, and that's kind of one of the things that I absolutely love about 
the the range of lists is is that resource management and having having stats because one of the things we love in games is spending stats like when you're activating your your one use only abilities or, or throwing some might and will around it always feels good because you feel like you're doing something or, or achieving something or having to to manage something so I, I i really love playing this list because of that that reason and when you get become a true master of of your resource management and figuring out what you want to do with it you can do some really funky stuff with this list you got a good point. It feels like you are totally engaged in the game and you have control over so much of it. You've got so many choices. And plus you've got the, the army where everyone's a hero. Everyone's like an important character. Everyone, everyone's named. I actually really like this army. and I, I discovered that just for almost that, that thematic type points match game where I, I, you, everyone, everyone here knows that, that I love the scenarios and I love them for the stories they tell and I love reenacting that. But this army feels pretty close to to a scenario to me most times. Now, yes, you get some weird matchups where they're fighting some someone you wouldn't expect them to fight, but it does feel like that because it feels like a your own version of like a Thorin's company or fellowship. But it's yours. It's it's to me it is the fantasy fellowship. It's your band of of rangers that are protecting the Shire or or going on a trip to to hunt down something or whatever. But they are yours, and and you've got those those resources. You've got them all. You're making lots of choices, but eventually you run out, and then it's just a whole bunch of of humans versus the world. So I, I think it's that resource management means it's it's really engaging to play. It also means that you could potentially totally fail out and stuff it up so uh, <laughs> is that what you get as well yeah it, it's one of the lists that i i feel like when i've won a game with the range of the north i've really earned it because they have they have they're a high skill cap army it's plain and simple and because you have a, a lot of choices in it um that that part of the army is what draws players in because we talked about before how the army list doesn't have a lot of expression about being able to chop and change uh, what you do with the list, but that is the complete opposite when you actually put the army on the table. There is so much kind of uh, quote-unquote skill expression with the army in terms of you know how you set up your heroic combats, when you're going in for strike-offs, or say if you've got Aragorn, what heroic actions you've got to use because you've got so many of them. And when you do some of the other little funky choices uh, in terms of allied contingents that we'll get onto in a little bit, you can that skill expression goes up even more. And it's, it's a really fun list. To, to play in that regard. You're right, isn't it? It's it's boring to write lists for, but incredibly fun when ch- once it's on the table. So and and you can really go to town on each individual model as well and make it make them unique. And you, you sort of have to because I don't know about you, Kylie, but have you ever had the eye rolls when you when you say like it's about fifth turn and you're still calling heroics? Yes. And, and people look at you like like. Are you yes. serious? Like, hasn't that guy used it up? And you're like, no, here's my document. I've been taking meticulous care of every single might point. I can tell you exactly who's got a might point right now. And they sort of look at you and go, yeah, I don't actually believe you. You're cheating. Yeah, no, I had, uh, particularly um, when I went to Articon back in 2018, I had that in spades. Because I think I, I had something like 26 points of might in that list or something ludicrous. And <laughs> yep. I had captain more captain-level heroes as well, and I had the twins. So I had a lot more kind of going on and stuff. But it was just like, because I had become accustomed to to piloting the list and figuring out where the might and stuff was, my opponent wasn't. So that it was hard for them to track where the certain models were in the list that had resources available to them to, to do the, all the fancy stuff. So... 
it, it can be really interesting um, when you do come up against a player who is adept at tracking where the resources are and who's got what left because um, it can make some from really interesting games. And as, as a little side note as well, I actually think that the kind of the Dunedain profile in terms of the the one attack, one wound, um, one might, one will, one fate um, profile as an independent hero particularly is actually a really fun profile that I think should be incorporated into more um, army lists and stuff. I know we've got it like with Damron and Baragond in Gondor, but they're minor heroes. I would like to see these more of these little mini heroes because I think these mini heroes allow you to do some more funky stuff with resource management as like a little tack on um, kind of heroics and stuff that you can kind of combo together a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. I think I think they are they are fun. And I think I could see limits to them in other armies. You wouldn't want them to be able to spam them, but just a few of them around. Maybe use that minor hero characteristic as well so they can they can have a couple friends but not all the friends in the world. That would be good. Okay, Kylie, next question here though Horses. We've got access to we've got access to horses in this army, and in theory, you could have an entirely mounted army. Uh, what do you do about horses? When do you use them? When don't you use them? I, horses are a really tricky thing because there's like it, it's almost like on a on a bell curve, or not a bell curve, an inverted bell curve in terms of when you want to be taking them. Because at kind of like the four five hundred point, they don't really fit in very well because you've got Arathorn and Halbrad, and generally you want everything on foot. But when you're at the very low end. And you do want to spend that extra 10 points to put Halbrad on a horse. Or at the very top end, when you have, you know, your Aragorn in the list and you do want to put him on a horse, you are going to need some rangers on horse to back them up. We've talked a lot on this podcast about having peel and models to support other models. This is when you need the horses. So when you have a big hero who's the sole focus of the list, so Halbrad at low points or Aragorn at big points, you're going to need at least, I would say, Two other rangers of the north that can either match his speed, match Aragorn's speed or Halbrad's speed, right up next to him, so that when Aragorn goes in for that little bit, just that tiny bit too risky play, you still have some models nearby that can provide and use their base to block off Aragorn so he can't be trapped, peeled off, and surrounded by your enemy's countercharge from, like, I don't know, a Gothmog on Wag or a Captain on Wag or something like that. Yeah, I, I agree. I tend to. I've got three painted converted ranges of the North on horse, and I've never never needed to use more than that. I've got another two that are unpainted that I converted up that I'm going to to paint up eventually. But once again, I feel like that that two maybe a maximum of three mark is is probably enough for me. I just need I just need a friend when Aragorn's going to go off and he's like you know, that suicidal yeah. charge where he just goes in and like says, I'm going to take on the world. And you just want to put two bases, as you say, just to peel, just so he doesn't get that counter charge or the trap. Or if worse comes to worse, he fails at all. And the next turn they can just run in. You just want something that can, can die in his place. So I, I do find that very useful. I also, uh, one of the weaknesses of this army is something like a, a reconnoiter. You're essentially, if you don't have cavalry and you don't have access to the March of Aragorn, you're stuck playing the defensive reconnoiter. You're not really going for the offensive one because you just don't have enough models and it takes so long to get across the board and any canny opponent will speed the game up. So I find that that I the one scenario that I played on our little weekend event that I wanted the horses was that reconnoiter. That's the one I would have happily taken the horse just for an ability to throw a guy straight up the middle because we ended up playing on two extreme flanks. 
So if if that was the case and I could throw a Ranger of the North on horse right up the middle, I would have got a model off for Reconnoiter. And you know what that does to your points for Reconnoiter. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. Um, I do have another little uh, point uh, with horses when to take them, uh, which I will get into when we get into the allies kind of little bit that we're going to be getting to in a bit. There is a kind of little ally thing that I think is really good time when you when to take the horse. Uh, which I'll get into a bit later, but also I think in terms of like your maximum cavalry contingent, I think the most I've ever had in terms of mounted rangers and mounted force with this with this army list is basically Halbrad, Aragorn, and then three rangers. That's that's the maximum I've ever felt I've ever needed or ever had um, with the army because three seems to be the magic number. I know I, I I say the rule of threes a lot, but for this particular army, it's effectively one model that you're dropping to put three models on a horse in in kind of like a broad spectrum uh for for the ranges of the north and i think that is worthwhile at the big points level i wouldn't i wouldn't want to be spending any more to to get a decent cavalry contingent no i agree with that and this is leads on nicely to we've got a choice with uh, the range of the north are independent heroes as are the dunedain so we've got a choice kylie and I, I, we spoke about this a little bit before the episode about what we do about our placement of warbands because the nice thing about independent characters is that you can put them with a with a hero so you can you can throw them to a hero's warband and and basically bolt them on for when you have those maelstrom of battle or reconnoiter type scenarios where you've got to come on at the same point, but conversely, it, it, if you keep them separate, you've got lots of warband drops, and you could cover the whole battlefield in, say, a maelstrom of battle type scenario as well. So uh, that one where you dig up the prize comes to mind, and some of the other ones, you could do some really interesting stuff. So I, I want to hear your thoughts on it. I'll go through my thoughts as well, but what are your thoughts on, on how you configure your warband? I personally prefer the independent on everyone choice. I think it's a much more... Uh, thematic for the force and it has, gives me a lot more flexibility as a player because i've been playing this game a lot i can we have a fair bit of terrain in our community as well i'm fairly comfortable in playing one or two more rangers on a on a flank ducking in around a terrain or going into a building and hunkering down and drawing an entire warband to flush them out i'm comfortable with doing that but i know there are a lot of players that that do not feel uh, comfortable you know running these little mini task force around all over the table. So I can understand, you know, having Arathorn and Halbrad or Aragorn and Halbrad and just stacking them all into two warbands so that you know comfortably you can have your entire army in a little semicircle next to the board edge and you're going to have your entire fighting force together against your opponent. And for Maelstrom and Battle, that's perfectly, perfectly fine. And I can understand that for, for newer players to the game um, and players who don't feel comfortable playing that skirmish. But I think strategically and at a tactical level, having them as independents is much more, A, fun, and B, uh, gives you more options. Damn it, I thought we were going to fight over this one, Kylie. I thought that you were going to go take the side of put them in a warband. I would consider the cavalry ones, I would probably drop them with my cavalry hero because if I was going to take range of the north... I would probably say I want Aragorn on horse and the two cavalry I take on horse to be in the same warband. Yeah. 
So I would consider doing that. But otherwise, I am also a massive fan of the random drops. I think that I, I'm confident enough that I can, I can make up for the weaknesses of it. And I find it so much more fun. And I find it confuses my opponent a lot more. And I find that if I have a confused opponent, I, I tend to perform better in games. So I like to do that. You've seen my old school, old school deployment style where I just basically grabbed models out of my box at random and threw them down when we didn't have to worry about yeah. warbands. I can do that again. I, and I, I have done that. I've just grabbed one out of the tr- box, didn't even look at what it was, and just threw it down on a flank. It just the, the sheer disregard to, to what the model is and what you're going to do with it throws the opponent off because what are they doing? H- how come? And you just, the first warband drop, I might go extreme flank one side. Second warband drop, might go the extreme flank another side. And it doesn't matter. If I have to, to just walk those guys up a bit, that's all fine. One I might put back a bit, one I might put forward a bit, and just, just really throw off the opponent and, and have them moving around. And I think it's, once again, makes that fantasy fellowship type feel where you've got the this this um, skirmish group that's hidden in certain ambush points and, and is trying to confuse your opponent. So I really, really like that they can be independent. And I love the idea of, of 14 warband drops. I think it's really cool. And I find that, that if you go all independence you don't actually worry too much about things like the Maelstrom of Battle and these sort of ones because you always get little groups of, of three to four just, just of how the numbers work. It's when you have one or two independents, that's when it causes problems. So I, I, don't, I don't mind it at all, and I, re- I think that's a really cool option that they've got. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I agree, Jeremy. I think it, they're, they're a fun, fun army um, to play when you, when you do those independent drops. And it also has the added advantage that you get to see where your opponent is on the table before you get to really put down the the more significant part of your force, and that is always always a, a benefit. Um, I would happily play twenty five points to to see where my opponent's entire army is before uh, I start dropping uh, meaningful parts of my army army down. Yeah, definitely. And because you you've got kiting as your main tactic. If your opponent tries to go strength in one area, you can always just just leg it out of there. Just just try and run away as quickly as you can, even if it means you have to to drop a guy to slow them down. That's fine. That's fine. You can do that. So, uh, I I think I think use the independent ability wherever you can. And uh, if if you're getting used to them, I can see people wanting to put them in in warbands led by a Calbrad or whatever. And it does protect Halbrad and Arathorn and and even Aragorn a little bit because you don't want them on their own. But I, I just love the the independent feel, and yeah, I, I think that that's a that's a good thing. Um, and our final thing, Kylie, that I wanted to talk about before we go into our next segment is uh, the allies that we can potentially use with these guys. So allying these guys into other army lists, and also allying guys into the ranger army list. Uh, what's what's your initial thoughts right, on this one? Right. I have a, I have a couple of things. Uh, two army lists that I have when we when we started this podcast. Uh, for this episode for the podcast, I really wanted to m- m- muck around with. And the first is the Allied Gandalf the Grey. This is low-key a sleeper choice for this list. Oh my god. He is, he is probably the most secretive thing about this list. Because he's in the Shire list, he can be taken as a green ally to the Rangers. Which is... Remember when I talked about skill expression? This this sends it through yes, the roof. Yes. Being able to add a spellcaster that can move my opponent's models around. I can put up blinding light now, which means I outshoot everything in the game. I can now do some blasting. I have range DPS. I have another model with strike um, and three points of might. And another mounted hero too. There is so much fun stuff you can do with the with 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 Gandalf in, in this list. And 
Oh, my, my my mind is just kind of blown at the possibilities that you can do with Gandalf the Grey on this list. So, I think that Gandalf almost you almost have to consider him a part of the army list in this regard because of what he does and the fact that you still get the two attacks and stuff. But he basically adds an extra level of craziness for the list, especially even at five hundred points. Because I've taken this list at five hundred points with with just Gandalf and just uh, Arathorn, and it was an absolute blast to play. Yeah, I can't go past that classic hunt for Gollum type feel, where you've got Aragorn, Gandalf, and then maybe some rangers around trying to hunt yeah. for for Gollum. I just I just think it's a it's a cool army list choice. It means that it really does open up Gandalf's mount options. So you could go for the cart, you could go for the horse, you could do whatever you want for that one and, and play around with it and have some fun. I, I definitely think it's a good option. Everything synergizes really well with the, the rangers. He's very expensive, so you're looking at a big points game, but I think that's that's definitely something you can consider, say, either with Aragorn at a high points level or with one of the, the smaller heroes, with your Halberad or your Arathorn or whatever, uh, to, to move in as well. And the green ally is so good because you really don't want to be throwing away your your ranger army bonus if you don't have to because that is it is really really nice yeah it's 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 super good and, and even adding um rangers into a hobbit army too can can do some really really i mean the possibilities for that uh are kind of are kind of insane like imagine you know 30 40 odd hobbits with you know a handful of rangers there backing them up or aragorn backing them up i mean that has some serious potential to do some really 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 insane things especially when you when you factor in the throw stones and stuff so you can do some really cool stuff with that but there is one other list jeremy that we haven't there is another haven't list, talked yes. about that are green allies with the rangers and that is the dead of dunharrow i've been thinking about the alliance between the the dead of dunharrow and the rangers and this is the classic rangers and the dead of dunharrow this is what they did in the books this is their big thing the great company and i know we have a legendary legion is is the Rangers and Dead of Dunharrow non-legendary Legion Alliance dead? What do you think? It's I wouldn't say it's dead, but it's definitely on life support. Yeah, Ooh. it's it's yeah, it's it's because like the problem with it is that you're committed to taking Aragorn and the King basically, no matter how you cut it, because you need the King uh, for like the Harbringer and just just the King in general for for how it, he functions with the dead dudes. And you need Aragorn because that's part of the army list stipulation in the dead of Hundan Harry list. So already you're locked into these two models, which are the same two models you're locked into in the, in the legendary Legion. So you kind of got to ask yourself, what does the regular army list provide that the legendary Legion doesn't? And the only thing I can really think of is mounted Rangers of the North and Dunedain. So, if you're going to go into this kind of really weird territory and remember you're getting the sword free in the legendary legion you've you've really got to be like getting some some bang for your buck out of your, your mounted rangers and you do not own yeah i just uh, i just really can't like i could see the the aragorn's horse being a possibility but uh, I, uh, it's it's just a bit yucky. Now I must admit I have actually used it before. I had we had a um a some a tournament where you had to ally two contingents. It had to have them separate, and you could not use legendary legions. And I had uh, the three hunters as one of my uh, my groups, and then I had the king of the dead and some warriors of the dead, and it worked really well. It actually played exactly like the legendary legion, and it worked pretty well. So that said, it's when when there's no competition. It worked fine, but the problem is that as soon as you have 
the ability to take the legendary legion it's just better in every way yeah it, it there are like a couple of corner case things that the the non-legendary legion will do better but it's it's one of those things of like well just take the legendary legion just macro out more dead dudes like really once you've got a, a herald the king and aragorn in and hell even the the, the legolas and gimli uh, slapped in there as well like you can't really ask for much else and you you still have march uh with uh cavalry to get to the prize in the, this is the scenario that you need to get to the prize on turn one so it's it's a bit of a damned if you do damned if you don't kind of situation and I mean, don't get me wrong, the range of the North on horse re- synergized really, really damn well with the, the mounted uh, dead dudes, the Riders of the Dead, but is that synergy better than a free Anduil? No. I'm going to say no. I'm no, I'm going to say no as well. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's... Someone's in their car driving, shouting, I mean... it's going, you fools, you haven't thought of something. Yeah, good, let us know, but <laughs> I just don't see it. Yeah. It's just like I mean, if 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 they could not have to take the King of the Dead, or you weren't locked into taking Aragorn, then there's there's room to maneuver there, and you could do some other stuff with Halbrad and that. But in reality, you just there's not enough justification. It, it's one of those why take. Why take the um you know like the two thousand and nine Toyota Priya that's sitting in the in in the driveway when you've got a Rolls Rolls Royce across the road? Like yeah, the Priya's still nice, but Rolls Royce. <laughs> okay, that, that's a that's a good analogy. Let, let's <laughs> go straight into that. I, I'm sure that, that lots of our li- uh, listeners are able to to relate to luxury cars. That's all good. Uh, so I um. I, I think my issue with it more than anything is you've got the same restrictions on the, the normal alliance as you do as a legendary legion. And that, that's the part that bugs me more than anything. I think that having having different restrictions would have probably made meant it's fine. But because they're pretty well identical, you have to take the King of the Dead and Aragorn. And then one of them's got a whole bunch of benefits for doing that and the other one doesn't. It's just, I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna go out on a limb, Kylie. I'm going to say yeah. no, no, not life support. I'm going to say dead, and I'm going to try. Look, in Mustard, Kylie, I'm going to try to make it work. I'm going to do my best to prove myself wrong. So I'm All going to right. say dead, and then I'm going to... I will come back in Mustard, and I will, I've come up, I'll come up with something clever. Don't worry about it. All right. All right. I'll, I'll wait for your judgment. <laughs> I'm going to fail miserably, son. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Probably. Probably. But I think the Shire ally is the one that I would... I would go to if I had the chance. I could definitely see what you said about allying in uh, Halbrad or even Aragorn into other lists. Um, I probably wouldn't be too keen to ally the the Rangers of the North or the Dúnedain into other lists without the green allies because I think the the real strength of them is the the army bonus. I have seen people do allies for for those guys into to um, certain armies just to get extra might, ones that really need the point of might. But I don't see that being a huge advantage anymore. I don't see the armies that, that can do that that freely. Uh, if you want to yeah. do that, that's fine. But you're basically paying a little bit of a premium for that one point. Yeah. I, one of the things that um, I used to do uh, with the list is I used to... Um, Jeremy kindly uh, also converted up uh, three mounted ranges of the north for myself uh, back in the day uh, when he made... 
Did I? That's where they all went. I yeah, knew you I could converted burn them. into like six, six or nine of them, and, and you you handed off through to me, which I've been very grateful for. They have done amazing things in both tournaments and in casual play for me. But one thing I used to love doing um, is taking those three ranges and allying them into kind of these little side lists, like Arnor, for instance. I was a big fan of uh, allying in three ranges of North Mounted into those lists, but particularly uh, Eagles. Uh, actually quite like having, you know, three ranges of the North Mounted are uh, kicking around in their list. Now, yes, they're a lot more expensive now. Uh, back in the day, they only used to be 96 points for these three models. Uh, now they're 120 points for the three models. So a bit of a tax there. So we would definitely love to see those horses get downgraded from 10 points to 5 points to get some points back. But you can do some really cool stuff with it still um, in terms of getting them into, say... Um, particularly the, the Eagle list and some of the other lists that really struggle for my at certain aspects um, of the game, such as, you know, uh, possibly even a items list you could do something interesting with uh, if you weren't taking Imrahil. So say you're taking just the, the bare bones kind of uh, Forlong, here, and uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Angbor. Say you're just running those three, mm, you could yeah, just run yeah. a couple of ranges. I know I used to chuck in... Ranges of the North, because I had converted men at arms with bow for my battle company. And I'm like, I want to use these models in a points match. What can I use? Ah, oh, I'm going to use some uh, some um, Ranges of the North and stuff like that. So there, there are still options there. I would love to see what um, some of our listeners can come up with in terms of like cheeky allies for, like, say, Mounted Rangers. Because I still think the Mounted Range of the North on horse is an okay ally into particular lists um, just to get some extra might and some extra kind of little combat synergies going around, particularly if you want to challenge. <laughs> if you want to challenge. Yeah, I, I once again, I don't think this is the addition for allies because I was thinking about all the other times. So we've, I've seen in past editions um, the Mounted Range of the North being allied to, to Riverdale yeah. Knights. I've personally taken Foot Dunedain allied into my Numenor army to add a bit of interest and a bit of yeah. might on on the shooting. So you can do, you could do things like that in the old editions. This one, you, you're so much more restricted. And I think with the, our, our really our aim to reduce allies, cause that's what it has to be. It has to be a, a reduction of it. And that's because some people abuse the allies like us, because that's the kind yeah. of people we are, but also you lose some of the good allies, like where you've got some thematic allies as well. So you lose everything. You lose the bad, mm, you lose the just, good and you're stuck with. Yeah. Just, just as an aside there, um, is, are the ranges uh, green or red with Numenor? Just as an, just as a no uh, red bugger because like I'm still because like one of the things I look at is if if your army bonus isn't that insane, like a 25 point Dunedain model is still pretty good for 25 points even without the two attacks. Like it's still an extra. I would say it's yeah. okay. It's not. I wouldn't because that's, I'd that's say what it was. I wouldn't say. Yeah, that's, pretty that's good what fair. it was in the old edition, and we still used to ally them across a lot too. But I think, yeah, because it's it's a low yeah, points I level. Think part yeah. of it is that we have this psychology now with, oh, uh, you're giving up the army bonus, and I think that sometimes giving up the army bonus for a bit of tactical flexibility probably isn't that bad. Because I'm looking at Rivendell, and they're yellow allies. I still could see, you know, a couple of rain Dunedain entering into a, a Rivendell list and you not being too too upset about that, especially if you're playing that skirmishy type Rivendell list that really doesn't care about their army bonus because they're going to be moving all the time. Yeah, that's that's 
that's fair. I, I I think you're right, though. I think I can't get over that that psychology of the the Rangers have two attacks now. Like that's how I think about them. So I feel like it as given up two attacks when it's not really. It's it's a bonus for doing that. But it's you're right. It feels so so different because these are these are brilliant models at, at like, two attacks, yeah. and then pretty good models. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at, I would say because yeah, we look at lower. stuff like, um, for instance, Damrod and Berigond. And we still see those models as really, really good value, really good, uh, even just as a loan. And that one might, one will, one fate, one attack hero is still all right in amongst uh, a skirmish line as a, a combo piece to a strike combat that you might want to do or a, a little skirmish force that's, you know, off to the side leading two or three guys. Because the reason why they have the two attacks as their own, on their own, is because they need the two attacks to function when they've only got, you know, 12, 14, you know, 16 or so models on the table. But when you've got 30 other guys on the table and you've got one other guy that you have that has decent courage, good, uh, a might point and a will point, you can, you know, use that extra hero to break off and lead a bunch of other troops somewhere else on the table, especially if they're yellow allies. Yeah. No, no, you... You you make a fair point there, and I could actually see you using them as pretty um, thematic options as well. Like you just have them as a, as a little mini captain, and that's the captain that we've we've talked about in previous episodes that we really want. We want that that ability to have a little mini character around for for a lot of armulus that, that are stuck with this, the big ones around. So uh, you you making a good point there, Kylie. I'm I'm starting to be slightly swayed. Well, I'll take slightly swayed for you, Jeremy. It's very hard to change your opinion sometimes. That's right. That's right. I'm very stubborn, as you as you know. Yes. <laughs> well, I think I think that's uh, I think that's about it for keep a secret. Mm, I think so. I think so. Yeah, well, thanks, Kylie. Let's go into the next one. Spotlight. Ambush in Rudar. It is many long years since the Battle of Fornost. The Dunedain of the North are now a scattered people, living as rangers and acting as guardians of the Free Peoples. However, there is much to guard against, and though Angmar no longer exists as a realm in its own right, the loathsome and predatory remnants of the Witch King's Legion still endure and multiply in the wilds. Fortunately, though the glories of Arnor have long since faded into memory, the sundered remnants of its people are noble and brave, protecting those who cannot protect themselves. For this reason, when the sons of Elrond Half-Elven discover that a shadow has fallen over the northern villages, they bring word to Arathorn, chieftain of the Dúnedain. In recent weeks, the orc brigands in the high hills of Rúdar have grouped together into a formidable warband, a brutish horde directed by a scarred troll possessed of a vicious form of low cunning. Though troubled at being parted from his wife and young son, Arathorn leads his company into the wilds to slay the troll and scatter its followers. Alas, for all their preparation, the rangers are unaware of just what awaits them. Twenty leagues north of Rivendell, where the empty land whispers with the mournful echoes of days long past, the jaws of a trap are about to close. 
Welcome to Scenario Spotlight. And this, we're going back in time, back to the ruin of Arnold, to where it all began. One of my favorite source books ever because it had Angmar, it had Arnold, and it had the Rangers. It had everything going and really fleshed out some of the background stories. So in this scenario, we've got Arathorn, Aragorn's father, going and, and trying to, to get rid of a troll. Now, he was killed by an orc band, and this is where we assume it's going to happen because he comes up and they've got a a troll to fight him, a worthy adversary. So I'll just go through the participants. We have, for good, Arathorn, Aladan and Elro here with heavy armor, so our classic monkey twins. And then we've got 12 ranges of Arnor, four with spears. Now, these are old school. These are not the might ones. These are just basically the same profile as ranges of Gondor. So so a bit different. Pretty much. Mm, mm, yeah. So In response to them just being ranges of Gondor. Yeah. So... In the new new edition, it's really only Arathorn that's from our Rangers list in this one, but it's a Ranger story, so it's important for it. For evil, we have you remember this from from a few episodes ago, maybe it was even last episode, who knows? Buddha, the Wild Wild Chieftain, thirteen Orc Warriors. Uh, you've got the the plastic sprue, so four spears, four shields, two bows, two two headed weapons, and a banner. Nice, good job. Six Wild Wags and two Cave Trolls with chain, and these ones have that that hammer as well. So, a bit of an old school scenario, not many models either side. So, we're looking at uh, what's that? So, uh, 15 on the good side and a little bit more, so 23 on the evil side. So, pretty low numbers and and that's where I like it. I think that's where you can really see some heroic actions going on and some some cool scenarios and cool stories. They've also got the points match versions of it, so you can play that if you wanted to. It's on a 4x4 board. It takes place in the ruin of a small village somewhere north of Rivendell. Uh, it's got just a description of the ruins, and, and the actual picture is really cool in the book. So so check it out if you haven't found found a way to do this. Uh, Berta deploys um, inside the ruins, or within three inches of a ruin, and then the good player deploys their entire force within 12 inches of the center of the board. So it's gonna the evil model ambushes them. Uh, the rules are pretty simple. Objectives, kill Arathorn, and reduce the good player to below 25% of the starting numbers. The good player wins if they're able to reduce the evil force to below 25% of the starting numbers. In any other result, Pretty yeah, yeah. or in any other result, or if both players meet their objective the same turn, it's a draw. That's a, the generic condition they put in every scenario, which makes a lot of sense. And then finally, we have one special rule. It's a trap. Evil player has priority first turn. Evil player does not take courage tests. Uh, for being broken while Birder is alive. That's a big change anyway, because that's that's the case now with all scenarios. You don't take courage tests for being broken. So a lot of the scenarios in the old days had to have a, a way to get around that, because it sort of killed some scenarios. So Killed a lot of scenarios, let's be honest, Jeremy. It did. It did. And with, with only 23 models, it's going to be pretty easy just to, to hammer down orcs and then break the troll. So I think the new scenario works fine. You've got enough resources on the good side that you can definitely have a good go at the evil side. Yeah, definitely. And, and one of the kind of like the things about kind of the old uh, uh, old scenarios is uh, they you don't think that they're going to be balanced uh, when you first start playing them. But once you actually kind of work out some, some strategies for it and actually get through into a game... Uh, quite a few of them are come really close down to the wire. I specifically remember this one being really, really like touch and go as, as to whether or not uh, the the uh, good side was going to run away with it or not. And 
you know, it ended up being a cheeky while getting the kill on Arathorn. I distinctly remember the first time I played this from uh, a free combat loss when uh, Arathorn was out of mind. Yeah, there's so much stuff that can threaten him. Three trolls, even just in the old days, they just punch through, and that's that's threatening enough. That kills things really quickly. But then the ability to hurl, and, and Arathorn does not like models being thrown at him, so you've got some... Real ability there. You play a bit of a cat and mouse game. You've got good shooting on the the good side, but the evil side is going to set up and just run into you as soon as it possibly can. So you get some some tactical options here. How you use the Elven Twins is probably going to decide whether you win the game or not because they have enough power to pretty much take out the entire evil side themselves or they have the ability to, to die hopelessly. And if one of them dies, the other one gets a, gets a bit crazy and ends up doing stupid things. So I, I think we had one game somewhere along the line where we ended up chasing a, a something silly, a wild chieftain or a troll or something, something around the board and uh, just separating the force. Yeah, I distinctly remember it was um, it was the wild chieftain. So the wild chieftain had killed one of the twins and then the other twin went berserk and the wild chieftain went, well, you're the only one with might left. You're the only one with a strike. Uh, hey, twin, 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 come over here, come over here. And the Wild Chieftain just used its superior mobility, drew the last twin out towards the board edge, and then, yeah, Birdo just had the run of the middle of the place because, uh, when you don't have the twins there to, to, to bodyguard for, uh, Arathorn, Arathorn's in a, in a lot mm. of trouble. And we've played this scenario across a few editions as well, so there has been ones where we've had strike, there has been ones where we haven't, and it's been a bit of fun always, and, what I like about it, I, I do like these scenarios where the victory conditions are really simple. So killing Arathorn really does focus down the story. And if he manages to survive this well, the story could be that, that he dies on the way back. There's, there's so many other options there. Uh, Birdo is an invention of Games Workshop, so it doesn't have to be the kill here. But I think it's, it really does play up and show off the army. I would love to do, Kylie, an updated version of this at some point where we put in the actual ranger list. So have, have the Elven Twins. But drop out those ranges of Arnor, just throw in six Dunedain, and then see what happens, see what we can do, change it up a bit. Yeah, actually, that would be really interesting, too, because not only are the Dunedain uh, kind of better in a, in a way, but at the same time, the Wild Chieftain has, has kind of gotten a bit of a, a quality of life buff, and also oh, the, the Cave Trolls have got a quality of life buff, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it would definitely change it up quite a bit, and I would like one thing. I was trying to find a scenario for this episode, and there's really not one with the current ranger list. So I'm hoping that we get those in the future, or maybe we'll just have to write our own. Kylie, I was uh, I've got some ideas about what we could do. This is definitely one of the things we could we could do the rangers uh, a list of it. But I was thinking of maybe a little campaign where they're protecting the border of the Shire, and occasionally you get some uh, hobbits in there, but the hobbits are unaware of the rangers. So you have to one of the victory conditions might be to achieve your objectives but never get within sight of a, a hobbit while you do it or something something like strange like that just to just to keep them up but also the classic things like the um the hunt for golem um all aragorn's doings before the the war of the ring and and um mm. stuff with gandalf traveling around uh, lots of rivendell knights traveling around get uh gildor and friends hanging around the shire there's there's lots of really cool things you could do with those dunedain lists and i think that it's worth exploring and maybe maybe one of our listeners who like scenarios might consider um, writing some for us. I'd love to play through them. Yeah, most definitely. I, I, I've I, always kind of really loved the idea of the Dunedain as these kind of uh, world-weary travellers, because they don't, they don't just stay up in, in the north in Nanano. They, they they frequently cross the uh, the Misty Mountains. There's some a couple that, that end up 
you know, going down to Gondor to check out what's going down there. And there's a few that, you know, hang out on, on the, the Mirkwood side of the Misty Mountains and stuff. And they, they get around a bit because they're, they're one of the few races left that have kind of this, this long life to them. So they, they get to see and do a bit. And I always love the imagery, especially some of the other kind of Lord of the Rings, uh, uh, kind of lore and, and other games and stuff out there where, uh, I'm not sure if you remember, Jeremy, we used to play the Lord of the Rings living car game. I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of Dunedain as, like, allies and heroes that are just wandering around at, at, in in places in Middle-earth. And I always I always liked the idea that, you know, there's a couple of them, you know, tracking down this, this orc, you know, warlord that's, you know, been raiding these, these villages out in Ravanian or... Uh, you know, one that's decided to go uh, on a pilgrimage down to Gondor to see Gondor and has got himself you know, embroiled in the War of the Ring or something like that. Yeah, they're, they're really evocative of the, the lore. And so a lot of people have taken that up and, and used them as the feature. And because they're humans, they're very relatable as well. So you get a lot out of them using the, the Dunedain as your uh, protagonist in, in a story, in a campaign. So I, I definitely recommend doing that. I remember from that living card game, that's where I keep saying the hunt for Golem because that was one of the first uh, themes yeah. for that game. And it was just so cool. It really stuck in my mind, the idea of looking for clues and trying to find find Golem. And, and that was, it's such an important part of the story, but it's not something we've really explored too much in uh, this version of the game, in, in uh, the Middle-Earth strategy battle game. I know that there was a scenario in a White Dwarf at some point, but I feel like yeah, you could... Yeah, that was a good scenario too, actually, now that I think about it. You basically just had Gandalf and Aragorn looking for Gollum on this massive boar. So you had these two really powerful characters, but my god, you were up against a lot of orcs. It was like 24-odd orcs, a bunch of uh, uh, war riders, and a couple of captains on top of that. And they, they struggled a bit. But how easy would it be to make a campaign that's basically that, that clue function where each of your objectives is to, to locate something about what happened to Gollum? And then if you get to a certain point where you've got enough of the clues, you can then unlock the, the mission where you actually go and grab him. And otherwise you might like not fail the campaign. The evil side might win and, and you can't find him. This is really cool options. And I think you could think uh, outside the box and really highlight these Dunedain. I was just thinking, Kylie, as well, we haven't really covered this anywhere else, but I wish that... that Yes, the Dunedain were all over the place. I wish there was a generic hero of fortitude in the Dunedain list, which I think would be really cool for all these scenarios, like just a Dunedain chieftain or Dunedain um, commander or something along the lines. A chieftain is probably the best, yeah. best word. I, I kind of, uh, I kind of did like a bit. I was a bit wishlisty with that earlier. Like back in the old edition, you kind of had that with the uh, captain of Arnor. The captain of Arnor yeah. was a part of that that Arnor. Uh, lists and you also had the um the range of the north part of the the uh, Arnold, so you could have you know your range of the north in the Arnold list. And I've always found it really disappointing that not only do the rangers not have access to that 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 captain level profile, but also that the Arnold list doesn't have access to Dunedain or Rangers of the North. Like <laughs> even yeah. when Arnold was a broken kingdom, they still had rangers of the north and 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 Dunedain kicking around and and being nomadic. Mm, yeah. So, Kylie, now, just before we finish up Scenario Spotlight, I just want to go through, Just I'll just quickly name drop what the other scenarios are from the Ruin of Arnold book, because I think uh, a lot of the supplements I wouldn't bother getting now at the moment, because I don't think it adds a whole lot. But the Ruin of Arnold, if you're interested in Arnold in the Rangers or in uh, Angmar, 
I definitely think it's worth seeing if you can acquire these these six scenarios. There's only only six. They're at the back. They only take up a few pages. But what you've got, first of all, you've got To Kill a King, which is a classic Avendui Arnor scenario where you've got uh, basically a ghostless trying to pull the uh, a very small Arnor force apart to go assassinate the king. So that that one is great fun. I've played that so many times. I love it. We have played that so oh, many times. So That's good. a great scenario. We've got a, a Flight to the North, and this one this one's a harsh one. We've got a big board where Avendui, so he hasn't died in the last one. He survived it. He's, uh, he's trying to run away. So this is actually following the story nicely, but he's pursued by a certain demon bat thing called Gulabar, which uh, people who've listened to podcasts may have heard of before. And then you've got a Wawag chieftain of Wags and some orcs, just a few a handful of models basically chasing Avendui and a handful of models as well. And it's just a really cool dynamic and, and really scary. Like being chased by Gulabar is is <laughs> stuff and nightmares oh, it's, it's it's a really stressful scenario and as the evil player you just got all the control they've got a version of the battle of fornost this one i think it's it sort of gets there it's kind of weird there's no arnor in it it's basically gondor minister filling in for it and then elves as well and then some hobbits like just four of them yeah against i, I think the... it's a, yeah i think it's supposed to represent when uh you know, Gondor decided to come help out the Anorians with the whole uh, divided kingdom. Mm. And I was like, all right, this this witch king fellow, he uh, kind of needs to be put down now. And, you know, Rivendell kind of came up, uh, came up to, yeah, all right, we'll pitch in. And Yeah, it, it's okay. It's got a ruined fort. I actually prefer the new Fornost one, the one in the, the rule book. I, I like that one a bit more than this one. So I, I, this one's probably my least favorite of the, the six scenarios in this one, but it's not a bad scenario. It just feels very like stand and fight type scenario. Uh, you've got the one we just talked about, Ambush of Ruda. That's fun. You've got Aragorn's Revenge. So Aragorn's father dies and Aragorn comes hunting Birdo, basically trying to trying to take him out. But he has to go like knocking on all these ruins, trying to find which one has the troll in it. So <laughs> you basically walk that around. One, that one was such, because you got to secretly nominate which ruins your little groups of orcs and stuff were in so there was it was sometimes mm. it was really it's, it can be have really wacky games where he knocks on the first ruin and he's you don't expect it to be the first one so you kind of haphazardly have your formation set up and <laughs> aragorn knocks on the ruin and then suddenly birdo pops out and you're like oh crap i've got no one around <laughs> yes and it's 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 birdo versus aragorn and aragorn Gets nerfed a little bit in that scenario too. I can't remember if he has his fight value dropped or if he loses his mighty hero, but it's mm. one of the two, and it's it's really brutal. No mighty hero, so yeah, yeah, yeah there you he's, go. he's yeah. much more fragile. And it's you know that um, is it so heirlooms of ages or something like that? There's a scenario where you have to go knock on all the objective markers to find out which is the one in the the current match playbook. Yeah. It, fe- it feels like that one, but instead of knocking on trying to find the scenarios, you're knocking on trying to find Birda. <laughs> it's uh, it's not necessarily the best prize when he pops out because he's pretty scary. Yeah, you want to you want to knock out some of his support first before he you have to go fight him and stuff. And I think you get reinforcements in that one too, with uh, the the twins and stuff come up to show up to help. Mm, yeah, but once again, it's a really small number of models, like sixteen models. So you got a really yeah. cool small base. I think these would be. I really do think, Kylie, we've got to go back through these and just dump the twelve ranges of Arnor for like five or six Dunedain and just see what happens. Because I think we, I think it'll be fun. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think because one of the one of the things I absolutely loved about the Fall of Arnor, um, and, and just that the the, the Ruin of Arnor, sorry, uh, supplement was because it was very character driven, very character focused. Mm. It was all about the hero. So we, we talk about endlessly on the podcast about you know spending resources, managing resources, and the interaction between heroes and their might, will, and fate. And 
Rune of Arnor really captures that spirit of the game. It captures Lord of the Rings. It's, it's about these great big monsters fighting these fantastic heroes of legend. And it, you feel it when you're on the table. Every role feels nail biting. You, you get these really cool showdowns where it's like, Oh, Aragorn and his buddies have got Berta traps, but Aragorn's out of might and Berta's still got might left. And you have these really wacky situations and really, really pivotal moments that just bring the game to life. And if you want to think one more, Kylie, the, the classic scenario, this one, ah, this, this one, one. Yes. this one has changed our gaming forever. You've got a beautiful board. It's called the Terror of Arnor. And just think about what it could be. It's Aragorn versus Gulliver. And Gulliver has a massive army of four specters. And Aragorn comes in with Aragorn, with Halbarad, with some Dunedain, with some Rangers, and gets thoroughly killed by Gulliver, usually, because Gulliver is that good and, and that powerful. So you've got a, a really nice uh, climactic battle. They really did make this, the Gulliver and the Birda, these really scary models. This is one of those weird supplements where there wasn't many things added. It's almost like the new supplements now, where I think Evil only got a handful of models uh, for it. But it was yeah, but it was just worthwhile. The ones that they got were just scary yeah, and imposing. It's it's so interesting too because just the addition of I think it was they introduced three models in the, in the fall of Arnor for Evil, and that was the Shade, the uh, Gulliver, and Berta. And with the addition of those three models, and then kind of bringing back the Barrowai and 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 uh, bringing Spectre. back the Witch King, yep. uh, and and the Spectres. Completely changed the dynamic of, of, of created their own army list, created an entirely new kind of, uh, theme and setup for, for, for an army that was still echoing through the game today. Oh, more than echoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no. And I, look, it's, it's been our focus lately. So we, 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 this is definitely one of the, the key scenarios, but I, I think, uh, books, if you, just what I'm saying now, if you're a scenario spotlight person and you don't just fast forward this to the next timestamp, I would highly recommend uh, get whatever, whatever ways you can acquire these these scenarios. It's only it's only whatever it is, like twelve pages. They, yeah. Get them. You can find them. You can find them online. Of course, you can as, find everything um, online. Yeah, you can find them online. You can find. Uh, I've I've got a couple of my old rule books um, off eBay and off Buy Swap and Sells. Hell, even I, I know David picked up his copy from um, a garage sale at some point, like way back when. So there, there are some floating around. So yeah, definitely, hundred percent agree. Definitely pick up a copy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, really, really good stuff. Okay, and let's move on to our final segment. Mustering an up. Welcome to Mustering an Army, Kylie. Mustering an Army for Rangers. We're going to have so much variety in Rangers, aren't we? Because it's such a huge list. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, yeah. All right. This is I, honestly, I feel like this 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 segment's going to be a bit of a chore this time around. No, it's I, not. It's just oh, there's not too much. Like unless you get some, do some wacky stuff with allies. Like it's 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 a lots of little cookie cutter. Let's be honest, Jeremy. It's a little cookie cutter. No, 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 Kylie. We're, we're resourceful. We we can do this. We we're okay. 
I've got, I've, got, right. I've got this under control. So, Kylie, can I start off? I've got a 300-point a army, which I think will get, get us going. Uh, this is the, All right. This Hit is, me. We'll do. We'll do. So this is the smallest uh, amount I could think of where I wanted a pure list and make it, make it functional, fun, all that sort, of, that sort of stuff. So what I've got here is, if I can load it up, I've gone for Halberad as my hero of fortitude with the banner and the horse. So I've basically Ooh. said, full kit, ha- um, Halberad, I'm only going to afford one of these big heroes. So I'm going to take Halberad because he's such a force multiplier. And with the horse as well, he at 300, he can do duty on anything at that level. He can definitely have a go at something. He's got his knockdown. He's got his strike. He's got his fearless. So if there's something that's terror-causing, he's going he's gonna to do his best. He's going to try really hard, really hard. And he is leading um, a whole bunch of independents. I decided to go for, for independents. I have put one Dunedain in his warband. So I've got just a pure Dunedain model in Halbrad's warband, just so um, in worst case, Maelstrom of Battles, he's got one friend. But then I've gone for lots of warband drops. So I've got five individual uh, Dunedain with spear. So they're all, all on their lonesome. And one individual Dunedain, in, in addition to the one in Halbrad's warband, one with nothing, just just by himself. So I've gone for a grand total of, uh, what's that? Uh, eight units, eight models, 300 points. Uh, that's eight models with 10 points of might, which is not too bad. And it's going to be outnumbered, of course, against almost everything, but it's got the ability to take things out. Every model shoots. It's got some hitting power of Halbrad. Uh, Halbrad's got some speed, so it's actually got a decent amount of speed. I ummed an art about, initially I had a range of the north on horse instead of the banner, but I just couldn't do it, Kylie. I just, I just, it, it hurt me too much to drop the banner for one ranger of the north on a horse. These things, they both cost 40 points, but one is worth significantly more than 40 points, and one is worth significantly less. Uh, 100% agree with that one, Jeremy. I think the banner is well worth it. That said, I could see I could see justification and taking just vanilla Halibrad and dropping the banner and the horse all together and then just taking an extra two due today and bringing your model count up to 10. That said, however, the banner of Arvin even start is a banner. So in like, I think it's a, like one quarter of the scenarios or something like that. It will pick you up the VPs for having a banner. So, mm. with that respect, you pretty much got to take it. Well, exactly. It means in those scenarios, you can sit back and say, "I'm at worst case scenario, I can I can play for a draw or or um a win sometimes if the other person doesn't have a banner, and that that can be incredibly useful. And I think that having the Dunedain moving them from that that two attack base to the two attacks with a reroll is so so useful because when they lose combats it, no matter who they lose a combat to they've got a good chance of dying because their defense is low enough they've only got the one wound yes they've got the point of fate but that's at best case a, a 50 50 with a point of might so i i don't like them losing combats ever and the way that they don't lose combats is to to break up the enemy with bow fire kill anything that's too scary for them with the bow fire or just avoid it, and then go in with a couple friends and win the combats. And I think to win the combats, you need that banner. You also need the fearless just to go into the terror-causing army. So occasionally you get some wacky all-terror-causing army, and last thing you want is to be frozen in place when you've only got a handful of models. Yeah, yeah. No, I 100% agree with that one, Jeremy. I think it's a, it's a cute, cool little list that you've uh, managed to wrangle uh, together. But... 
You know what? You're not the only one with a cute, cool little list, Jeremy. I actually think I found a place for a wacky Dunedain allied contingent. Oh, we're already going to the allies. I love it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I figured this is probably the only points level where you'd be able to make this very specific thing work. So uh, in Warbound 1 through 4, we have Dunedain. So we have basically 4 Dunedain for 100 points. Now, we do lose the army bonus because of what we're allying into, but the thing that we are allying into is a little bit, you know, a little bit creative in there. So we have Garnbury Garn and 15 Wozes. So 16 Wozes and 4 Dunedain. And what do Dunedain effectively do for this list is, one, it gives you a bunch of extra might in a list that you don't really have the extra might for, and two, gives you some much-needed strength for with the Wozes and multiplies their ability to have that, that ranged firepower. Kyle, you are going to hate me at this, but is that even legal? Uh, pretty sure it is. They're yellow allies, are they not? Yellow allies, don't you need a hero fortitude to, in each uh, section? Oh, you do, don't you? Mm, you need I hero think so. Valor. Hero no, 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 Valor. Valor. Fortitude, fortitude. No, yeah, Valor for yellow, fortitude Valor. for green now. Right. And I think it's in the FAQ hidden around somewhere. So it's a mistake that, that some of our listeners who are new to the All game right. might make. Where is it? It's in the uh, the sneaky... Is it's it, in the sneaky FAQ. Is it in an errata or is it in a... I don't know. So it's one of the errata. Well, easy easy solve for that. Easy solve for that. We bring in Arathorn and an extra Dunedain and call it a 400-point list. Oh, here it is. Here it is. So we've got an errata, which is add the following paragraph. And, and this is... Oh, this, this makes my blood boil. Naturally, when multiple ally armies ally with each other to fight together, they will each be led by an appropriate leader, naturally, of course. For a historical yeah. alliance, each allied force must contain at least one hero with a heroic tier of hero of fortitude or higher. So that's the green alliance. Oh. Oh, stop calling it historical. It's just green. For a convenient alliance, which is yellow, or an alliance containing impossible allies, each allied force must contain at least one hero with a heroic tier of hero of valor or higher. So, no, not happening. Our models in the Wanderers in the Wild list. They're not from the Wanderers in the Wild, are they, the Wozes? No, they didn't, because I thought they were. No. It doesn't oh. matter. I've, oh. I've buggered it up. It's all right. It's all right. Too cute, so, Kylie. <laughs> is Grumbury Gun to Hero Valor? So we could bring in Arathorn and an extra Dunedain and call it a 400-point list. I think that's the way to do it. I think that's, that's what all you have we, to do. Or we could drop three Dunedain uh, and just take Arathorn in one and call it a 300-point no. list. No. Either either. No. Whatever you feel, but I am now even more significantly disappointed in the changes to Allied Contingents because we can no longer add in flavorful, you know, traveling Dunedain into list. We have to have them escorted by Arathorn. Yeah, because naturally, whenever Dunedain fight, they always had an appropriate leader leading them. They never just just helped out. Oh, <laughs> it's frustrating, isn't it? And I think that's... Very frustrating. Yeah, I think um, we could definitely, like at 300 point level, this is the kind of time where then stuff the rules. Let's just go in and, and treat yeah. them as a as a recommendation. I know that, like, not, not a lot of people th- play 300. I like it for like a little, um, not so much a tournament, but a little, just a mini round robin, like for an evening, for a, if you want to do a game night. So sometimes when you have four people... You could easily fit in three games of 300 points in. So it's a good way to just play each other and bring something along. So I think for something like that, you could easily justify bringing this along. I don't think it's, I don't think it's broken. I think it's a, it's a nice mixture and it's, uh, it's got its strength. But it's also got its weaknesses. So I, I wouldn't mind playing it at all. Yeah, cool. 
I'm just I'm just very disappointed because normally I don't run these wacky ally lists when I'm playing games. I normally run pure. And sometimes I just I keep forgetting that they've done this allied it's, contingent. Oh, it happens all the time. Craziness. I, I so many times I make a list and I get this great idea and then you try it out and you just go, oh, wrong tier, wrong tier, wrong. T- oh. And it's just it is so disappointing because the allies have been such a a part of the game for so long, and now it's 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 still part of the game, but it's very much formulaic and and what. Uh, whoever the designers who who wrote these parts and whoever um came up the list want you to do and and that's that's not the whole of Middle Earth. But anyway, anyway, let's let's not be too negative about it. I think we found a good solution. So the solution is um get get Arathorn in there for for seventy five points and probably throw in another Dunedain, bring it up to four hundred. And even better if you're playing against people with three hundred, that will make your army list so much more powerful if you're using four hundred points. Yes, yes, definitely it would. <laughs> We've done that before as well, haven't we, Kylie? Uh, once or twice by accident, of course. <laughs> it's an interesting challenge, isn't it? Okay, so yes. uh, that that was your four hundred. Now it was was a three hundred, but you couldn't be that cute. See, I told you mine was the minimum for three hundred. That was all good. Yeah, um, no, no, you're right, you're right. I'm going to go for a five hundred point list next, Kylie, and this is one that I've got some experience playing because it's the one I played at a, a local event, a little one day, a casual tournament. So you don't read too much into that because uh, half the people have gone for for competitive list and half the people have just gone for something fun or silly or whatever. Uh, I've gone for 14 model ranger list for 500, which I think is good numbers. It's got Arathorn as the leader. It's got Halbrad with the banner of Arwen Evenstar. So not particularly themed well, but too bad. Maybe I'll rename Halbrad. It's got two ranger of the north with spear, and that's basically a points manipulation. And then I've got three Dunedain with spear and seven Dunedain. So a total of 10 Dunedain. Yep. Three of them have spear it played pretty well. I got to got to my three wins. Got my one loss against a, a Dale Spam army run by Josh. Josh is a very skilled player, and Dale Spam is a, a, a terrible for the Dunedain to play because all my advantages are gone. Because at at best we're breaking even at shooting. Like I'm not overpowering them in shooting at all, and uh, they have Spam fight four with fight five and even a six hero, which is uh, sort of my thing. That's that's what I do. So it was a, a very problematic matchup. I did my best, and I, I, I competed, mm. but I I was surprised. I actually won. The, my my favorite moment of the day was a, a reconnoiter scenario where the 14 models held up an entire 4x4 board the, and defended it and managed to kill every single woes on the board and uh, and like basically scare off the cavalry so they were, they were useless and that was that was a, a proud tactical moment because that's the game I almost gave up straight away I looked at it going I've got no chance here I've just got to do something and and as the, the game went on it was it was getting better and better and, it, it, and yeah it just showed me that the power of the rangers so I like this list I think this is a good way to play at 500 I think it's a it's a good starting point you could definitely do something sneaky where you dropped uh, the two heroes for Aragorn but I think um, you'd want to keep the numbers roughly similar because I think any less than you're in a fair bit of trouble. Yeah, on, honestly, I think that's the the perfect way to run ranges at 500. I don't think there is uh, a different 500 point ranger list. I think the ranger list that you've written, Jeremy, is the ranger list at 500. Oh come on, Kylie! I think you I think you're exaggerating there. I think you could definitely uh, I don't know move one of the spears from the range of the north onto one of the Dunedain, for example. Yes, you could definitely do that if you wanted, but why would you? Why I don't would know. I don't know. Protected <laughs> on that that juicy defense five. There's five models in the list, Kylie. What do you expect me to do? 
Uh, exactly that, Jeremy. That's exactly what I expected. And you four to of do. them are good. <laughs> All right, moving on. Because uh, uh, I've got a 650 list that I'm pretty confident this time around is not going to be breaking the ally matrix. Uh, this is actually one that I played uh, oh, fairly recently-ish uh, as a part of a doubles game uh, with uh, one of my good friends, Henry, against uh, Joshi and Matt. And, you know, it, it performed Pretty damn well. Uh, it did some did some funky things. So in Warband number one, we have Harbrag with the a banner of Armor and Everstar, because of course you don't leave home without that banner. Uh, and he is also uh, got in their own separate independent Warbands, kicking around doing their own thing. Uh, five Dunedain with Spear, six regular Dunedain, and then two Rangers of the North on Horse. So that's, uh, I think it's 18 models, 12, 14 models there. And then finally, in the very last Warband, Warband 15, we have Gandalf the Grey on horse. Mm. So how many points is this one again, Kylie? Uh, 650. 650. So you've got really low model count at 650, pretty much the same as my 500. But you've added a Grey Wizard on a horse uh, instead of instead of Arathorn, basically. So it's pretty similar to my list with that that change-up. Um, but you've also got more horses as well. You've got the Range of the North on horse, which is a, a smart choice, I guess, if you're going to take yeah. them. Uh, this looks really they're solid, they're, they're, Yeah, they're solely... The, the Range of the North there on horse are solely there to peel for uh, Gandalf the Grey if he gets in a bit of trouble, or if uh, something is fast enough to engage upon him, uh, those Rangers of the North can get there in a hurry and... Uh, Back Gandalf up if he's in a bit of a, a worry spot. Yeah, because you've got this is almost a damage output Gandalf. So there's a lot of Gandalfs where it's pure support, where it's it's drop lining light, it's it's do the occasional transfix and and basically stand there and not do a whole lot. This in this armless because you've got so few guys, you're definitely doing things like making him a tank with his terror. You're definitely blinding light when you can just to just to, to keep things going in that way. You're looking for that spell he's got where he jumps into the, the rubble and drops rocks on people. You're looking for the Sorceress Blast. You're doing all kinds of fun stuff with Gandalf. And plus, he's one of your best combat guys as well. So uh, he's mm. doing everything. This is this looks like a really fun uh, show of Gandalf type list. Yeah, and there's some really cool uh, kind of uh, wacky engages you can do with Gandalf as well because that banner from Halbrad is so, so, so big. You can actually get Halbrad into banner support range of Gandalf when Gandalf has decided to charge forward with the Ranger of the North. So you can basically do these funky things where you can pal a model forward uh, with Gandalf, you charge in with Gandalf and a Ranger of the North. The Ranger of the North goes, cool, heroic combat. You get that banner from Halbrad in range whilst Halbrad is still remaining safe. And then uh, uh, Gandalf can use that slingshot to either get into a better position or uh, look for another opportune target somewhere else on the map. So you can do some really cool stuff with it. I think it's a really cool way. Uh, this army list is really good at teaching players how to use Gandalf aggressively. Because you need to use Gandalf aggressively in this list. So if you're ever looking to kind of get some practice in on the old uh, Grey Wizard or just for wizards in general, I think this is a really good list to to teach you the ins and outs of uh, of uh, wizard placement. This is going to be, uh, when I eventually do that, that sort of hunt for golem 
scenarios with with showing off this list. Um, I would have to drop the the banner of Arwen Evenstar. Maybe I'll give Halbred a, a, a weaker banner or something like that because maybe he's a banner bearer but just doesn't have uh, a fearless or something like that on it. But I think uh, this would definitely be the basis of one of the scenarios because you could do so much fun stuff with the the, the Gandalf does everything scenario. I, and I just my eyes lit up with the idea of using Gandalf to hold up a whole flank by doing you know my uh, my patented uh, compeller model with a big base into a into a bottleneck and then yeah. watch the whole army dance behind it. It feels like that sort of army where Gandalf is not only fighting, but he's also holding up a significant portion of an army by by bottleneck them while you are doing all these crazy heroic combats to try and wipe out a little area first. Yeah, and I could definitely see uh in those kind of scenarios too, if you you know, situate it in somewhere like uh, Mirkwood or something like that, having a couple of Mirkwood Rangers kicking around to, to add in some extra kind of, not so much diversity, but uh, extra, mo- like, different types of models that can can do a bit more different things than what the uh, than what the Dunedain can do. Because I've seen those Mirkwood Ranger captains walk into army solo and basically... You know, take on two, three warbands by themselves just just because they've got that uh, knife fighter special rule. So, comboing that in with Gandalf could be really cool for those scenarios. It also feels like that classic: uh, the elves aren't your friends first. So, you might the first scenario we introduce them, they're uh, like maybe they're either neutral or they're just annoying you. So, um, and then then later on, you you get down, you can have a chat to them and say, okay, well we're, we've got the same cause. So uh, I think you could do some really cool stuff with that. And I do like this list, Kylie. Uh, is it the strongest list? Oh, I think it can hold its own, but I don't think it's going to be consistently like winning any events for for it. I think you got um, you're very matchup dependent and scenario dependent. But I think uh, I think it's one of those very much um, high skill cap ones where if you've got good knowledge of Gandalf, you know how to use the Dunedain, you can really make this army list sing. Yeah. No. Agreed. Mm, mm, that's a good one. Okay, Kylie, I'm going to follow that up because I really like that one. I'm going to follow up one with, uh, I'm going to say straight out, um, this is not my favorite list. I, I tried to do something. I tried to prove a point here, and I don't know that I've done that. So let, let me go through what I've done, Kylie. I've got, uh, uh, instead of the Legendary Legion, because we tend to avoid the Legendary Legions in these episodes because they, they function differently. I've gone for the original alliance where you could ra- uh, ally rangers in with a dead of Dunharrow. And we talked about this. We bounced some ideas off. And initially our thought was, let's go for a dead warband without a leader. But of course, no can do. Not allowed to. You still need a hero. Yeah, you can... The the dead one only works basically once you've spent one hero. And of course, if I'm going to take a dead hero, I'm going to take the King of the Dead because he is the best one to take first of all. The Heralds don't do much if you take them on their own. So what I've got here, Kylie, I've gone... I might as well say my dead first. I've gone for the King of the Dead... Six warriors with spear and shield, and four riders of the dead. So I've got a nice, nice, powerful, but very uh, elite uh, dead contingent. Quite expensive as well. And then for my ranger contingent, I've gone Aragorn, uh, Strider with Anduil, uh, armor, horse, and bow. The armor was because uh, I ended up having some spare points. The horse and the bow were definitely the options I went for. I didn't go Elven Cloak because I've got the horse. So I thought about that, and I figured that if I'm going to take this list, I'm definitely taking the horse because they did bring the horse around and, well, well, too bad. It's the only advantage I've got over the Legendary Legion. I've got him leading a Dunedain with spear and a Ranger of the North with a horse. So just to make sure that he's got some friends around because it's just, I don't want that that 
uh, I don't want to spend his might to try and get him with some friends. So I've got a couple friends with him. Warband 2, I've gone for Halbrad with the banner, of course, and a horse. Love the horse. Might as well go in on the horse. And then two Dunedain with spear. And then I've got two little independent Dunedain just for that, that warband manipulation. So, you know, when you put two, put one down on each flank and then try and see where your whole uh, your opponent goes, that's what they're for. They're just independent drops. So I've got a very small amount of numbers. I've only got 19 models. I don't have a huge amount of stuff going on here. But what I do have is models that are really hard to get rid of in the, the Army of the Dead. So they're, they're tough to move. And I feel like they're a really good pivot point for rangers. So getting a couple Warriors of the Dead in with a Dunedain for a heroic combat, uh, they, they synergize really well. You've got the Dunedain's fight and attacks, and you've got the, the killing power of the Warriors of the Dead and also the resilience. So I think you've got some ability here, but I don't know. Is it is it better than the Legendary Legion? I think a straight out no. What do you think? Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm going to lean towards the no too. I think because you have the Legion as an option, I... Dare I say it? I don't think the Ar- the banner of Arwen Evenstar is is worth it. I think Halbarad is actually probably dead weight in the list because you don't really need a th- the fearless when you you've got stupid high courage on mm. the army of the dead. You can get away with a three inch banner because you have a slightly more models and more durable models. So just take a regular banner with the army of the dead. I think at that point, and then you know use that those freed up points. Uh, roughly 80 odd points to get an extra three Dunedain because the reason why you're, you're opting into uh, non, you know, uh, not going into the Legendary Legion is so that you can get, you know, more Dunedain to, to intermix with your Warrior of the Deads. So I think I think that's where you probably want to be going instead of going in for that, the Halbrad on horse with the banner, I think. Honestly, where... I don't think it's... No, uh, I, I, I'm happy to be proven wrong. I'm more than happy for, for people to disagree with us, of course, like always. But I, um, I just, I, it's too hard to compete with. When you're getting a head start with the Legendary Legion with the free sword and the, the warband yeah. and the, the uh, banner manipulation, it, it just makes it so hard to come back from that. And yes, the horses are really good. But you can get the same effect by just plonking a Ride of the Dead next to Aragorn and making sure they're in the same combat. So I... I don't know that I can I can really justify this, uh, especially because it's exactly the same theme as the the legendary legion. It's not it's not doing it for me. So I um I'm happy for this one to just be put in the bin. Uh, for 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 it was 800 points. Um, it just it felt like it was a bit of a rip off this one compared to it, which is I guess a good thing we have got the legendary legion because the legendary legion has turned this list into something that that's nothing to write home about to being. Like one of the the top legendary legions that, that people take, it's it's very popular and for good reason. It it's it feels like Lord of the Rings, and it also holds its own and and can win in almost every scenario. Yeah, it's it's interesting, um, kind of how legendary legions and how they've marked with the allies matrix has created some really awkward and interesting situations within the kind of uh, you know biosphere or metasphere of of, of the game because. Beforehand, you could do something like take just Halbrad and and a, and a lot of warrior, the King of the Dead, and a lot of Warriors of the Dead, and you'd have an interesting list. And but now the fact that you are locked into an, an Aragorn, I think you actually no. Now that I think about it, you are already locked into Aragorn. Yes, to yes, begin sure. with. So yeah, I don't know. 
I would like yeah. it, <laughs> I would like it if you got an exception where you didn't have to take um the King of the Dead. I think that would that would open up some options. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. The more I, the more I think about it, the more I see these allied contingents being more of a curse than a blessing. <laughs> no, this well, this one's a blessing because yeah. I think that I th- I don't think they got this right in the original book. I don't think this this combination this list quite works how they first envisioned it, and I think they did a really good job with the Legendary Legion making it competitive. I don't I don't think this one's a curse, but yeah, it's um it does make this pretty much a waste of of paper and a waste of everyone's last five minutes. Yeah. I'm just also realizing that I've, I'm I'm I am condemning the allies matrix and and agreeing with legendary legions. God, what has this episode done to me, Jeremy? I am I'm completely flipping on what I normally uh my 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 usual opinions. This 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 episode is is absolutely messing with my head. No, you, that's your character arc. You're allowed to grow, Kylie. My character arc no yeah, yeah. longer hates legendary legions. Give it a give it three episodes, and you'll be like talking the praises up with the design team and how every decision that that you agree with. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I still don't like that that wraith uh, legendary legions. But anyway, that's a different topic for a different give it, time. Give it three episodes. <laughs> okay, uh, I've 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 got another list for you, Jeremy. I've got okay, okay, list. go for it's, it. It's Ooh. an eight hundred point list as well, but this one's a pure ranger list, and I think this is kind of what you could expect if you were playing a bigger points game. And someone brought, brought along the Rangers. So, uh, in Warband number one, we have Aragorn Strider with Arndal, Horse, and Bow. In Warband two, we have Halbrad with the Banner of Arndal and Evenstar. He is on foot. And then we have five Dunedain with Spear, nine regular old Dunedain without Spear, and then three Rangers of the North on Horse. As we said before in the previous podcast, to add as the, add as the, act as that bodyguard for Aragorn when he decides to go. Uh, Ellen Dill and charge into the uh, enemy head first. I like this army, Kylie. This is almost almost identical um, to what I've played before. I played the uh, the nine wraiths and had an absolute ball with this this configuration. Um, it did have Halbrad on foot. I could see Halbrad on horse being an option, and I had I think one or two less range than north. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I had the same amount. But I I like this composition. I think it's got a bit of everything. 19 models is fine if you've got Aragorn and, and the Rangers around. You've got the banner. It's nice and thematic. I feel like this is the the list at 500 plus, And I think literally it's just add or subtract Dunedain um, when you have to go up or down in lots of 50 or whatever it is. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Uh, I, I agree with you there, Jeremy, in terms of you know adding an extraction. There is options in this list that like you could drop a Dunedain. Um, to pick up armor and a horse for Halbrad, maybe even an elven cloak for Aragorn for that odd chance of when you get knocked off your horse and some extra spears and stuff. There's a little bit of wiggle room in terms of, you know, adding or losing a Dune but with this configuration, I think uh, the 19 models is, is pretty alright at, at 800 points. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get much better than that. So, I I like this, and... I feel like we were a bit worried about this being the standard list because we could have done seven variations on this list in this muster and army, and we've chosen not to. We've tried to we've tried to push the boundaries of it, and I think we failed at times. But this is this is if you want to go up What's and down on the list, start at this point. This is the list. Yeah, yeah. And on, honestly, if you don't want to do range of the north on horse, and you don't want to do Aragorn on horse, don't. You can actually you can play this without them on horse. 
Yeah, and, and there there is a legitimate option for not running Aragorn on horse because you do have options. Uh, how, sorry, not options. You do have access to that elven cloak. So putting one foot with, with armor in the elven cloak is a legitimate option because, you know, if you know you're going to have a decent amount of terrain to hide behind, being able to, you know, duck and weave and hide in the shadows from enemy spellcasters and bow fire is a legitimate tactic and uh, not putting yourself in, out there because... One thing that I think sometimes we forget about when we're mounted on horse is that if an, an enemy spellcaster gets a compel off on Aragorn, he's pulling Aragorn five inches forward rather than the irregular old three inches, which can be uh, can be quite significant in the in in certain parts of the game. Yeah, but uh, the what I found now with the the way spellcasters do, if a spellcaster can do that that command, they can probably do a black dart, and that's probably their first port of call, is a simple black dart to take out Aragorn's horse. So I don't actually mind it, because then they have to waste their spell just taking out the horse. Cause you'll, yeah, you'll but pull... Aragorn's, Aragorn's got horse load, so getting the horse is still quite difficult. Oh, okay. okay Especially right. when, you, when, you, when you, you figure, if your opponent's got that kind of spellcraft uh, behind them, I would be, I'd be holding that, that Three pointer might back to pass that fate roll on a three. I thought I thought the new FAQ meant that you couldn't do that. I thought that uh, horse lord was for for wounds. So yeah, yeah, he can use his fate. Yeah, it is. He can't resist himself. Yeah, because the black dart still does a wound to the horse. That's true. Yeah. Okay. I get you. It's not just removing the horse. Like so, you're using Aragorn's fate. Yes, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. You you make a point. A single point. One point. One point. One point. You get one point for that, Kylie. Alright, I'll I'll buy a spear with that point, please. Uh, what are you gonna put it on? Your Ranger of the North with horse or are you gonna put it on your <laughs> your foot Probably guy? just probably just another Dunadine. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's interesting as well. We used to um we used to put the spears on the range of the north with horse as well, because it was um 'cause you used to used be able to, to be... spear support horses. Yeah. <laughs> kinda miss that in a way. I do, kind I of. do. That was fun. Yeah, that you was cool. You could do some really funky armulists uh with uh with that little trick. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, I, I, I enjoyed that as well. So we've got now my... I've got one more, Kylie. One more list. And this one, I'm right. the, I've left it to last because I'm the most proud of it. So if you rip it apart, I'm going to be very upset, but then I'll get over it almost immediately because that's what we've got to do for, for podcasts, don't we? So I've got... They always start the same, don't they, with this? Because we've only got a few models. I've gone for 500 points. So 500, this is basically an alternative version of my other list. So I've gone for Halbrad with banner and horse. So you already you can see a point of difference there. I've got a horse. I've got the banner. I've got uh, it's some independence. So I've got a Dunedain with spear, a Dunedain with spear, a Dunedain with spear for a total of three Dunedain with spears. And then I've got uh, a Dunedain, a Dunedain, a Dunedain for a total of three Dunedain without spears. So six Dunedain. Nice, nice amount of Dunedain. Then I've gone for an allied contingent. I've gone for a green alliance, or historic alliance, if you want to call it that, which you don't. It is a Shire list. It's going to be Holefoot okay. Bracegirdle, the sheriff leader. So he's got 12 hobbit sheriffs in his his one. And I, I only do that because I've only got 12 hobbit sheriffs. So Ho, Holefoot um, means that they can uh, use two-handed weapons for their their clubs, which is quite nice. Uh, so, I see where you're going with this, Jeremy. So that that's good. That's a good one. And he's also got a march. It's cheeky march. Yeah. Then I've got Warband 2 is Boldo Tulpenny. Now, Boldo Tulpenny is the one that sets up traps. And I figure for a ranger list, that's really cool to have traps at certain bottlenecks. And he also yes. he also is a champion stone skipper. 
So he's the one that does that. You know that classic rule where he stands still um, and you hit on a natural six, it just does a wound? So yeah. that's that's fantastic, especially combined with the heroic accuracy that can sometimes show up in this list. So having him with a heroic accuracy pegging a shot at some hero in the backcourt is <laughs> is good fun. So so he's I think a nice nice addition. He's also cheap. Forty points is not bad. He's got six Hobbit militia and six Hobbit archers, which all have shooting attacks, of course. Uh, the militia you can give him a mix of weapons, but the axe is just so tempting, isn't it, to just get up to that strength of three when yeah. you need it. And then Warband 3, this is this is my, my proudest moment here. I've gone for Lobelia Sackville Baggins, and she's leading <laughs> two Hobbit Militia and four Hobbit Archers. So so the Hobbits are nice. I've gone up to 40 models. So 40 models oh. at, at 500 points is huge for a Ranger list. And I've got this combination, Kylie. Have you worked it out? I have worked it out. I, I adore this. Jer- Jerry, this is, this, <laughs> is, this, is, this, is, this is Armulist expression. Like, we've crapped on about that earlier in the podcast, but this is armulist expression at its finest. I adore the trick that you've done here. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go through it, and then you can just tell me, no, I thought of a different trick altogether. So, um, you remember we talked about the banner at the start of this episode? It provides fearless to all good models. So that's going to be really nice. That's why I don't have any signal horns or anything like that. But fearless means that you don't have to worry about standfasts. And that's particularly handy because Lobelia cancels all standfasts around. So no warrior can benefit from standfasts when Lobelia is around, but they can benefit from the fearless banner. So when when you break, (laughs) when you break, Lobelia and Halbrett are best friends. They're, They're walking around together just going... Good models can pass every courage test in the world, and evil models you're running away or or other opponent good models, uh, which means that that once you get to break, which you probably will for both armies in this army because everyone's so so fragile. Forty models is going to be destruction across the board. Uh, you're basically going to own the end game with this army because there's no reason you couldn't hide Labelia Sackville baggers until the end game. You just keep her behind a wall, keep her out of range of everything, and then just bring her up, march her up when the forces start breaking and start waving your umbrella around and, and have a lot of fun this way. So I've got, I think I've done it, Kylie. I think I've got a, a Shire list, which is something that, that I don't think either of us expected, and I think I've managed to get some oh. good synergy. Jeremy, Jeremy, I, 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 I haven't said this much, but I think this is the most genius armulus you have ever written for the podcast. <laughs> you say that every this, episode, Kylie. This is, this is, this is. Oh my god! This I, I just love the little interactions and the one very big interaction, of course, that this list can do. Like the traps work so well with Dunedain because of their like skirmishing nature and their ability to call. Funky hero combats. You can do. You can. You can mess with so many people by setting up those traps. And mm. when you add in the horror, Hobbit sheriffs and stick in like a a banner and some Dunedain with spears in behind them, they can do some really really nasty amounts of damage there. Because uh, they don't. They don't. They get, basically have plus one to win. They basically have um, effective strength four. Yeah, it's 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 pretty pretty nasty. And you've got a striker. With chain CC off the uh, off the stuns off the sheriff, so you can yep, go yep, absolutely yep, stun wild against something that's really big, because you've got the models that you can just kind of throw guys into a big scary monster and 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 just just wait for you to from the flop of combat and get the stuns off. So this is this is absolutely one of the just oh, I, I so want to play this list. 
I still want to play it. I still want to play it. There's so many, like, cool little tricks you could do with it. And just... I reckon it'd be a lot of fun to play, too. Because throw stones are always fun to set up. Oh, it, it's... I think it, I think it would be. And I think it would be... I, I don't think it's un- unbeatable. Like, I don't think it's going to be auto-win. I think you still have to play the list. But it's definitely one of those layers of synergy lists. And um, if you... If you're going against it and you don't have your target priority sorted out, I think you're going to lose big because you're not going to know. You have to find a way to to break it apart and have to pick out the key components for it and basically kill anything that's not a hobbit if you can, um, or that's not a hobbit hero, and then uh, um, and see what you do. Uh, sorry, no, the other way around. Just ignore the hobbit militia and that sort of stuff. Try and get rid of the hobbit heroes, get rid of the Dunedain, and then, um, yeah, just stay in combat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 500 points, Kylie. 500 points, I get all this stuff. It's a lot of stuff. It is a lot of stuff. Because I've got my heroes, like Holfoot's 30 points. Uh, Boldo's my big, big expense. He's 40 points. But I just think it's worth it for, for that double synergy of the traps and the, uh, the the um like if you're really trying to gun down like a Gothmog or something like that, you've got that extra stone, which is which is a huge chance because even if they're high defense, you've got a chance to just roll that natural six up. And if you can somehow manage to get two shots off with him, um, then you, you've got a good chance of, of throwing one of them, especially because he re-rolls misses. So you can um, you mm. get a chance to get that natural six twice, essentially. Uh, but then then he so he's really good. But Lobelia is uh, she's the bargain of the Hobbit list, and she just works so well with a fearless banner. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that synergy on levels, uh, just, that, that synergy on, on levels, I just, uh, you're yeah. just jealous you didn't oh, come I'm, up I'm with the spe- Yes, <laughs> no, you're right, I am, I'm extraordinarily jealous I didn't come up with this, this little gem of an army list, let's be honest, because I can't really fault it in any way. No, it's faultless, it's perfect. It <laughs> oh, actually, wow. you- I, I put wow. a lot of thought into this one, Kylie. I, I actually read through my, my Scaring the Shire and the rule book, looking at every single Hobbit and basically listed out which ones I wanted in this list. Uh, so I put I put more effort than I normally do. Normally I just go for for pure theme. This one, the theme is almost there. The banners causes problems. Like I have to do some silly story where there's just a little bit of an opening where he just receives a banner and then he has to go on a mission to find his remaining six Dunedain. So it's a classic like 80s action film where he's got to find the, the, the crack team of Dunedain and it happens to wander through the Shire and just encounters like the most powerful Hobbit heroes. <laughs> but <laughs> it's it, it that that part's a bit challenging to to talk up. But the rest yeah. of it just works and, and uh I've it's it's definitely a sum of its parts type list. Like like nothing's scary on its own, but you put it all together and and, and it's got the ability to shoot people yeah. off the board. It's got the ability to, to knock people off the board through just combat and it's got the ability to, to, to to break you in the end game as well. It's got it's got a bit of everything. Yeah, and a decent hero who's uh, a decent leader at five hundred two. That that's pretty safe, all things considered. And you don't have else. to rely on him so much because you've just got so many bodies that that you've got. Normally, the Dunedain list, the Dunedain do everything. In this list, you can afford to to go for the first two turns of combat with the hobbits doing all the work and the Dunedain just playing support roles. And then when things start to peel off, then you can unleash your Dunedain. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, you definitely could. Mm, definitely. Mm. Is that do, the peak, or do you have another one, Kylie? I well, I I kind of don't want to say it because of how like just the stratospheric heights you've reached to. But, <laughs> uh, 
yep. this is one that I've just kind of like just been like I've, I've I've got the rule book open next to me and I'm looking at the ally matrix for the Rangers and it's just depressing. Just it, absolutely it's, de- it's hard it's, to work with. It's it? it's very depressing, but I did see one possibility and I, I just I want to get your your thoughts on this. Now I was thinking about the army bonus, and it really sucks to give that up. And then I'm thinking, what if you just, what if all the models that you take just don't care about the army list because of they're they're mounted on horse, for instance? So I was mm. thinking about what would you think about Aragorn on horse with the sword, Halbrad on horse with the banner, three rangers in the north on horse, and then Gwahir and four eagles. Ooh, ooh, thousand points. Hmm. What what are your thoughts about it? Because like I've been looking at these allies matrices, you know, back to front, front to back, looking where you could sneak in some stuff, and you can't really just throw in in a in a, in a Dunedain anywhere. You basically have to take Aragorn or Arathorn to you know ally hmm. in to any list because you need to be a hero of valor, and they're yellow with so many lists now. So you're basically using Aragorn escort into a list. So what do you hmm. think? So, so let, let, let's let's break this down a bit. So, you've got a misty misty mountains list, the eagles one. You don't get the army bonus because they're they're only yellow yellow allies. So that means you're not getting what's their army bonus? Something about um, plus strength one on... strength on the charge. So it's not. So I don't care not... about that. Yeah, because you're 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 already strength six, and yeah, you're already a monstrous creature with a buttload of attacks. Yep, so I don't care about that. So what do you gain? Because it's basically, I'm going to consider a Misty Mountain list because I, I instead yeah. of getting whatever it is, four extra eagles or something like that along the lines, um, five extra eagles? No, no, about about four. You've got Aragorn, which is huge. Like, marching eagles? Ooh, nice. Marching eagles. Eagles with a heroic striker. Eagles with uh, heroic combats for days. Eagles. eagles with a free point of might every turn to challenge the heroic move. Yeah, no, that that's a huge bonus for that. That that works really well. And likewise, Aragorn giving him a bunch of eagles, fantastic. That so that that works for me. You've got Halbrad, is that right? Halbrad with the banner. So the banner, oh, banner, you get some use out of. I think mainly for the rerolls. Uh, the the yeah. fearless is is nice, but the the rerolls are where it's at. That's once again huge for eagles because that's one of their their problems is that they only have a limited amount of attacks and, and one thing one thing i've also found is because eagles are on such large bases sometimes you actually need that six inch banner effect to get all the eagles yes. in range two yeah because a normal banner only gets maybe two of them in so uh yeah that that's that's very true so that i'm happy with that one you well you have three ranges of the north on horse yeah they're just kind of there because no, do, but do I, you... what I like about those is that, that you don't have to devote an eagle for doing objective capture because that's the, the big problem with the Misty Mountain list is you basically, you're, it's all eggs in the eagle basket. So, and, and we'll have to do a Misty Mountains episode at some point, won't we? Because that, that'll be good fun. But I, I can see this really working well with that because I would, I would happily throw a Ranger of the North on horse on a flank to be a distraction piece for the entire game. Because that's that's a role that they can play really well, but you you like if you had to do that with a hundred point eagle or whatever it is, you're in trouble, aren't you? Because that's that's a piece that you need to be using in combat. So I, I really do like that for for specific roles for the army and and jobs and saying, well, hey you, this is your job. You go and and let's let's drop uh, one ranger of the north to go peel for Aragorn, and then one ranger of the north on each of the flanks, and then you've got you've got. Uh, that whatever is capture and control, they can just go tag objectives. 
They can distract. They can beat parts of the army around. They can run away. And they've got that point of might for for whatever you need it for when you, when you do need it. So I, Kylie, I think you might have actually pulled off something that, that has piqued my interest. It's a thousand points. A thousand points you've got pretty much unique armies you're going against and, and lots of heroes. But you've got the tools. Eagles and Aragorn can match it with, with almost anything. Well, no, I'm going to say anything because Aragorn can and Eagles are a really good foil for him. So they can match it with it. Guahi is fantastic at the moment. Guahi is a really, really nice character. Mm. Um, it's it, The model count is low, but it, it's a Misty Mountains list essentially. So the, what, what are you going to do about that? You can do nothing about that. So I, oh yeah, I, I'm... In the same way that you want to play the Hobbits at 500, at 1,000, I'll definitely give this one a go and, and see what I can do with it and, and back myself to, to, to win half my games with it, to do some damage, to, to make people think twice about what's going on and, and to occasionally get on a bit of a run where I get three or four games in a row. Cool. I'm glad that staring at the Allies Matrix for the better part of this entire episode uh, has paid dividends in some way, shape, or form. Now, what I want you to do, Kylie, is we'll double-check that episode, and what we're going to get is, like, a listener feedback and say, uh, Kylie's list is 1,500 points or something like that, and then it's like, no, no good. Yeah, when I had it in the spreadsheet, it was 1,005, and I couldn't work out where I could drop the five points from, so I had to I had to drop the bow on Aragorn, because I didn't realize I had a bow on him still, so... The spreadsheet yeah, I... says 1,000, so fingers crossed it actually still is 1,000. Yeah, I'm not upset at losing the bow, because it it's... If you're standing back and shooting... You're not moving, and that that's that's yeah. problematic. So I think you really do need to be be moving around with this list wherever you can, because that's that's what eagles do. They they move. So if you give up your movement to shoot, uh, you're you're not doing a whole bunch of just one bow. If it was a multi wound bow, yeah, I I, I would yeah. just rather do it in combat. So yep, yep, like it. Okay, well, we've you didn't you said this is going to be a boring one. I think this has been a pretty exciting master and army, Kylie. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting in in a in a way almost that I wasn't expecting it to be interesting. And the applications I think with the allied contingent isn't so much in allying uh you know, Dunedine and stuff across now. I actually think it's it's gonna be all about Halbrand and his banner. So Kind of a bit of a a, a, a request to the, our listeners, uh, if you will, is uh, I'd like to see some uh, crazy allies that uh, some of you guys have for what you can do with Halberd and his banner. Is there anything that you can think of uh, to solve some issues or come up with some cheeky combos with uh, Halberd and that fearless banner? Because I think that is that is why you'd be doing into these uh, wacky yellow and red alliances with uh, the Rangers. Mm, if anything, that's probably why a lot of their... Um... Their allies are somewhat limited because that is just such a a, a powerful potentially game breaking option. And I, I I found one sneaky way of doing it with the Green Alliance, and I'm sure there's there's lots of other ways as well that we haven't thought about. And and our listeners are really good at coming up with something particularly dirty. So good on them. Good on them, indeed, indeed. <laughs> okay, well, Carly, I think that that's the end of our normal segments. So now we just go into our. Uh, now, newly wish listing. No, no, we're not going to do the wish listing. <laughs> I think we might leave it there. I've really enjoyed this uh, smaller army list and the challenge that went with it because I, I think I've done probably more playtesting for this episode than I've done for most of them because, like, a lot of the other armies we've already played to death. This one, I hadn't. You played it a little bit, but you also played it a lot under the old edition and yes. probably not as much under the new one. So yeah, it's been it's... really fun to try out a new army. Yeah, I, I didn't think I would still enjoy it as much as I did. It's mm. like 
don't get me wrong, the ranges in the old edition were far superior to the ranges in the current edition. They were leaps and bounds above Agreed. what you can get with them now. But that said, I do think the ranges provide a really unique challenge uh, for players. Uh, if they're looking to try something new or to understand more aspects of the game or just you know, try something different that's really going to push you as a player. If if we, We've talked about recently on our podcast about handicapping yourself. This, I think, is probably one of those lists that's probably, you know, tier two that you could probably take as a, a bit of a a bit of a gimmick or a bit of a laugh to, to give yourself a challenge to really try to overcome uh, uh, an opponent who, who's, who's running a really competitive list. Um, but the skill difference uh, might not be there. Yes, yes. And look, I I had the absolute ball playing it, and it felt like every game was was a story and was an intellectual challenge and was exciting and, and was meaningful. And that's all I can ask about it as well. So, you know, sometimes you get those games that everything just plays on autopilot. I never have found that with this army. I feel like everything is, is full of choices, even if it seems like it's an easy choice. It's always a choice, and it's always uh, like you, you do that, I rolled a five to wound a Moran and Orc. Do I spend the point of might now or do I save it for something more important later? And then you instantly die next turn. Like you've got you to put those, uh, all these things into, into your process. And I, the only thing that I really want is, is more scenarios of these guys because I think they are the mm. ultimate scenario type guys. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to see some, um, uh, even if they're made up, some named characters for the Dunedain that are, you know, these, these little Dunedain running around that, you know, maybe have an extra, you know... Just captain level, like like Captain yeah. Arnold type. Use that as the basis. Or maybe maybe even just uh, a generic... What what I reckon would be really cool is seeing a Dunedain profile. So the, the, the one attack and the one wound. But the Dunedain model themselves having three might, three will, three fate. Or something wacky like that. So yeah. having like a lot of might, will, and fate... But only having the one attack and the one wound and like the fragility that comes with with those profiles, I think you could do some really interesting scenarios, especially if you paired that guy up with a captain level hero or or paired him up with a Halbrad or an Arathorn or something like that as they're wandering through the wild and uncovering uh, the evil forces of Sarod or hunting for things like Golem. That would be the most stressful model, Kylie. Having yeah, all that's those why resources. I would like it. Yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> oh, I'd hate that. I'd hate that. You give me nightmares. It's already hard enough with the uh, Arathorn and, and Hellbred. They're fragile enough for my liking. Have, having a, a one wounder. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, maybe maybe throw him an album cloaked or something for good measure. But, oh, please yeah. do, please do. Yeah. <laughs> but could you imagine that... like having to like be so so precarious to like set up these heroic combats with this guy while you've got you know you got a like a bigger hero next to him and like you're kind of almost using this guy as a bit of a bolt-on uh might source for another hero and you, you could do some really funky stuff with it i think the rangers lend themselves to some really interesting opportunities that i think the design team would be fools to let go to waste no, they can they can leave it to us. As a community, I think we can definitely take on this profile. There's enough thematic players around there that, that we can do it ourselves. Design community, keep making Easterlings or something like that. We'll, we'll do this. We'll take care of this one. 
Okay, Kylie. Well, I think that takes our episode to the end. Uh, once again, listeners, thank you for for listening along, and we'll get get some more episodes out. I think our, our next ones will be a little bit quicker because we won't have to do as much play testing for them. We've got some we've got some thoughts, and thank you for all the ideas. We've been getting people sending us lots of ideas and and lots of feedback, and and uh, yes, lots of issues with Spotify. Sorry about that, but my goodness, having a program that doesn't allow you to change the name of a file or uh, or, or yeah, change bit, it or update it. It's um, bizarre. It's a bit weird. <laughs> bit weird. <laughs> weird, weird, weird. Then anyway, that that's over with. So hopefully I don't make that mistake again. And uh, listeners, until next time, remember, traps win games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on the Green Dragon Podcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener. Until we meet again.